just had a thought. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if one time I came to get the microphones for us to record and they would just say pink as opposed to what they are right now, which is like all black? Because what would we do? To us, it's this inexplicable, crazy, shake your idea of the world to its core type of event. But what are we going to do? Are we going to go to the police? Are we going to post online about it? Are we going to try and get a newspaper reporter interested in it? Mm. At first I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's fair. As in, like, why is this shaking me to my core? But then I started to think, what would we do? We look at each other like, how did these get pink? Someone obviously came into our house and switched them out for pink ones. Or... You have switched them out for being once and you're lying to me. Or I have amnesia and I just don't remember that I switched them out. Yeah. So none of these things are good. Either someone invaded our home or something is invading your brain. I feel like you'd spend the rest of your life in every idle moment. You'd be trying to figure out the motivation of someone who came in and only changed Didn't even steal the mics. (laughs) Replaced them with the same exact model of mic, but just in a different colour scheme. Yeah, that's weird. What could be the motivation? Just to fuck with you. But how... Then you'd have to wonder, have they installed cameras? Because otherwise they don't even get the satisfaction of seeing you freak out. But they know you're going to freak out. And for some people that's probably enough. Is it enough though? I don't want to think that there's secret cameras in my home, especially after we just watched Snowden. Sure. Also, I feel like... That's it, not what happened in it, Snowden, by the way. What? There wasn't secret cameras in his home. Yeah, I know there wasn't. But the whole, like, they could be watching you for your webcam oh, kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> Did you just have, like, a disconnect? No, because I thought you were implying that they had installed secret no. cameras in his home. I just wanted to say this real quick. Do you remember we were watching it and it was that scene where he's freaking out about how they can they might be able to see him through the camera? Mm. And then you said to me, this is why you need to cover up the webcam on the laptop or whatever. And then I just like slowly lifted my hand and pointed to the TV on top of which is my PlayStation camera, yeah. which is looking at us all day, all, day. all the time, never covered, no. never turned off. Yeah. So it seems it's never weird turned to- off. Well, the PlayStation... Well, it's plugged in, and yeah, that's what they say. but the say. PlayStation can be remotely turned on. Yeah. What I said to you is, you sometimes use your laptop, you turn it off, but your screen is still up. And that's what he says. Yeah. If, you're, if you've turned your laptop off, but or it's in standby, but you've got the screen open, they can activate your webcam or whatever. And that's what I said to you. I was like, stop doing that. I feel like that movie should have freaked me out more. But I think the reason why it didn't is because we know all of this already. Yeah. Like, if if you vaguely knew about it and then watched the movie, maybe that would be It would be like a out. revelation. Yeah, but because I already knew this. But isn't that kind of darker that it's become normalised? Yeah, it is a bit weird. She was really pissing me off. Like, spoiler alert. But his girlfriend in the movie on several occasions, he's like, your emails are being monitored. And she's like, so? Like, as if yeah. he does. She's like, her whole I've got nothing to hide thing was clearly she was missing the point. And it was really frustrating me. It was like, who cares even if you have got something to hide? Like, 
it's not the point. The point is that people shouldn't be doing that. I mean, it was one of those scenes where two characters have a conversation that's very much like, "I'm this character's going to take one side of this yeah. current zeitgeisty debate, and this character's going to show why that's wrong. Why doesn't he try to, like, explain? Like, he doesn't ever, like, basically stop her and be like, this, this, and this. He's supposed to be, like, this genius among geniuses kind of thing. And yet, for some reason, when it comes to her, he doesn't really say anything. I know he can't talk about things, but at this point, when you know you've already started downloading stuff from the company or whatever, I think you can tell her some stuff. Like, you can at least explain to her that that everyone is watching. He doesn't want her to know anything classified, because then that puts her in danger. I know, but he could just explain to her that, like... They can see us right now right. if they want to be able to see us. That's like... That scene where she's editing topless photos of herself on the computer. Yeah. And he's like, they might be able to access that. And she's like, so pictures of my boobs are going to be like looked at. Who cares? That was such a strange that scene. Well, what I a weird thing to say. she was going to post them. That was the idea anyway. She was getting them ready to post them online, I think. Oh, I thought... Doesn't she make a comment where she says it's just for me? Don't worry. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong there. We've know. talked about Snowden, too a much. movie that came out like three years ago. Yeah. Far it too much at this three point. Three years ago. I think it did. No, it didn't. Actually, you are right. I'm always right. Because we've lived here nearly two years and we lived in London when it came out. Because do you remember I saw that? You know when people like put a stencil on the ground yeah. and they spray paint? I saw like Snowden and had the date. In fact, actually, I don't even think it said Snowden. It was like this really cryptic thing, but you knew it was a Snowden thing. Wasn't that for Citizen Four or whatever it's called? Oh, shit, you're right. Which is the documentary. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So maybe the Snowden movie did come out more recently. I also like how you say, oh, wow, you were right. As if I'm not right about everything. You were right one time. Just to drop some... Out, the jam, yeah, the drop, jamming of twenty third, twenty twelve. To drop some inside baseball for you listeners, I have been right about two major milestone <laughs> moments in our life. One time, we were puzzling over the color of a pillow, a cushion. No, the, I don't give you that one. You have I to don't concede. give you that one. No, you have to concede. No, like when someone says, "Oh, this is blue," and then the other person's like, "No, it's green." No, it's blue. No, it's green. We had a pillow. I don't even remember what pillow it was. It was a couch cushion. Yeah. And was I saying it was green and you were saying it was blue? I was saying it was green or that it was at least like a teal green. So acknowledging that it has blue in it, but that it is on the green side. I don't know what teal is. Don't use your fancy interior design words to confuse me. To bamboos on me. Your sweater is blue. This is a teal blue. Okay, so it's blue. Because it's green blue, right? But you can get blue green. So you can get teal blue and teal green. Anyway, I was saying it was teal green. Because to me, it was clearly green. And you were like, no, it's blue, no, it's blue. It was blue. I feel like you're just trying to obfuscate things by saying teal blue, teal green. No, it was cerulean. No, it was... Stop using all these Cerulean. fancy, teal is not fancy. $5 words. No. It was blue. Don't be stupid. No, it was 
green. <laughs> it was a solid American blue color blue. But I felt like I had the upper hand. Because of, wow. Because no, I'm, not in a shitty way. <laughs> because I'm optically inferior. Well, You're not optically inferior. Don't say it like that. I don't really know what the proper name for this is. But one time when I went for an eye exam when I was about 12, you know when sometimes they show you on a piece of card, it'll be like a circle of colored dots and they're different colors. And they ask you to tell you what the number that is hidden within the colored dots is. And it's a test to see, A, whether you're colorblind or what the guy said I had, which is, I forget the exact name of it and I've never had the sufficient masochism to look it up and see all the different ways that I'm incapable of seeing stuff. But he said it was called something like color deficiency or deficiency of some optic nerve. I don't know. But he basically said, your brain has trouble discerning between certain colors. And for me, it's things like purple and blue. Or it's green and, and brown. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's only certain Similar colours. I see the colours. It's not like I can't register them or my, yeah. my mind You're blocks like them out. not typically colourblind. Yeah. But I can't name them. Yeah. Because my mind gets them confused. And just as a sidebar, this guy had no, quote unquote, bedside manner. Because I was like 12 yeah. and he told me that I had this thing. And then he just listed off all the professions this means I couldn't do. He was like, this oh, means wow. you can't be a firefighter. This means you can't be a fighter pilot. This means you can't Jesus. be a blah, blah, blah. And I just was looking, staring at him <laughs> deadpan. Like, I can't believe you're telling me all the things that this is shut off from my potential yeah. life adventure. He's not like sugarcoating it in any yeah. way. And so that adds an additional wrinkle to this yeah. debate because you always fall back on no listen ryan you're confused <laughs> no, this makes you're confused me sound- because no, of your disability shut up. you tell them now that that's a fucking <laughs> lie i do not do that the tell them listeners she gaslights me no she color you. gaslights fuck me you. i do not the, what's the color of gaslight <laughs> i wouldn't be able to tell and that's how this she is gets all me. i do sometimes this is a perfect example i'll say I'll have just painted my nails and I'll show you my nails and you'll say, oh, that looks really pretty. Is it green? And I'll say, no, it's purple or whatever. I'll say, no, it's purple. Like, I'll just say it like that. Or sometimes, like, if we're playing a game of some sort or whatever where you you need to know the correction. Like, there's plenty of times you've done it and I don't correct you because there's absolutely no need for me to correct you. Um, except to tell you that you were wrong and there's no need for that. So, like, say if you're like, you hit the yellow one and I'll hit the green one, but you're hitting the yellow one and I'm, I have to then tell you that the one on the left is the yellow one and the one on the right is the green one. So, But I've never ever, and you fucking admitted <laughs> this, I have never ever said it in any kind no, of shit I, or condescending that's way. That's true. I was kidding, listeners. I was just having How some yuck you. yucks. She is usually very, very good about it. So in the case of the pillow, the I mystery was like, of the pillow, I was like, it's green. I was like, please just trust me. I know it's green. That's basically all I was saying. I was like doing it in a way to be like, I know it's green. You might not know it's green. And I felt bad for you as a poor benighted <laughs> fool 
who couldn't see that the pillow was obviously, self-evidently, and forevermore blue. Anyway, so then his mom comes over, and of course he says to his mom, Mom, what colour is this pillow? And she goes, blue. And at that point, I considered the matter settled. No, because I said, A, you're both wrong. B, my mom also has a strain. She has this thing where, like, certain, like, burgundies and, like, reds and certain purples, she can't tell the difference. She'll say it's red, but it's really purple or whatever. She also has a thing between grey and green. Sometimes she'll say, look, kind of like the, the khaki 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 the khaki the khaki color. hold on a second i forgot my khakis the khaki color i don't like saying khaki it's funny <laughs> um so i was like maybe she has that that my mom has where like certain colors are just i was basically taking that tact off no i'm absolutely right and everyone else is yeah. absolutely wrong she was but so <laughs> hell-bent on being right that she wanted to attribute some color blindness to my mom rather than admit no, that she might be mistaken you are making me sound horrible that is not what but i was you doing did, i did say not i didn't say maybe your mom has the same thing as you i said maybe it's just that you're related which what does that sounds mean? really shit that's the you same thing you just said no, it two different ways i didn't mean your mom has has the same thing that you have i do wonder how much something like that runs in the family or at least some undercurrent of that because my uncle on my mom's side funnily enough i didn't know this until i was a adult it's funny that something like this would never come up but one day she just off the cuff mentioned oh yeah your uncle's colorblind and i was like do you mean colorblind colorblind or do you mean like what i have which is very non-intrusive and subtle and she was like no he can't see colors which uncle um oh Wait. yeah i'll just say it on no. the podcast i'll just I, be like yeah okay. it's fucking Tell me later. fred remember fred <laughs> fred my uncle the plumber yeah mm. i just thought it was funny how you could go your yeah. whole life not knowing that about someone Apparently. obviously it's not important but it's just a strange thing that i've been around this guy so much and it just never came up i think apparently it's like more common than you'd think that men um have trouble with like reds and I think is it reds and green or reds and blue I'm not sure my mum told me this so yeah we had this pillow debacle which to me he doesn't win getting your mum to say that it's blue is not a win in my book we would have to ask at least two more people oh you want a larger sample size yes you want to do a family feud style survey and the survey says blue 100%. 100%. Green. Fucking green. We don't have the pillow so, yeah, anymore. This was our but... own little what colour is that dress moment. Yeah. Do you remember when, what was it, silver or... No, it was white or blue, I think. I thought it was white or silver or gold. No, the colours were actually not close colours like green and right. blue. It was like, how can someone say this dress is yeah, white yeah. when it's clearly blue? I remember what blue. it was. I just don't remember what the colours were. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't remember where I fell on that. We had that one moment where I was conspicuously right. No, you were not. Secondly, right. and there's not really a this story is attached to this. the only one that he was right but on. One t- but to be honest, I have to... I have to Why hold- do we have to tell this story? It's so silly. <laughs> I have to hold on to the little victories, listeners, because so often I'm browbeaten by the old ball and chain into right. believing I was mistaken. Do this quick then, because yeah, it's okay. not... It's a, t- it's a, it's a right. one-sentence okay. story. One time we were out and Samantha said, shall we get some more jam because the jam we have is out of date? And I said to her, no, the jam is completely in date. And we went home and lo and behold, Ryan was correct as always. It's so 
doctor. But this is the only time he's ever been right. Yeah, and that was like four years ago. Yeah. And I'm going to have it carved into my tombstone. <laughs> it was in 2012, I think. So it was like six How years ago. How would you know that? Because it was before we moved You to have London. a freaky memory for dates. We do, yeah. I'll be like, do you remember that time we went to that <laughs> coffee shop one time in London? And you'd be like, oh yeah, February 21st, 2014. <laughs> it was rainy that day, if I recall correctly. <laughs> I believe that the crossing light wasn't Where's working. When's that anniversary? Oh, you did tell me this the other day. 9th of February. Good boy. If you'd asked me that without having told it me the other day, I would not know, honestly. Would you even know the month? No, I wouldn't. What is wrong with you? I'm really bad with dates. I don't remember anyone's birthday. We have several anniversaries. Oh, good. Because I don't... I, in my mind, didn't count the anniversary of when we actually started getting together. I counted the anniversary of when you said, we're now boyfriend and girlfriend. This sounds so like, oh, we're like 15 and like now you're my boyfriend. <laughs> Are you going to be my girlfriend? But before that, we were friends with benefits for like six months. So I don't count that. Sure. And let me tell you, listeners, the benefits were good. So even... <laughs> Health insurance, dentistry... I get to park my car wherever I want. So even though our anniversary seemingly says we've been together this long, we're actually together six months before. Okay. It. That's all it really means. Okay, let's move on. You did tell it me the other day, and I was trying to explicitly say to you, what are we? What are the expectations? Do you want a card? Do you want a present? Does it have to be like a special night where we do stuff? And I started to say stuff, but then realised I don't want to be the person that has to tell you what to do. Because, but... Another reason why I asked is because I recently got you... Yeah, you did. ...something special. You did. Do you I want to talk like about I have that? to tell you, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we mentioned before when we were talking about, like, favourite movies and stuff. Oh, yeah, this is... Or favourite quotes. This is so weird and, like, self-referential because I took an idea from a previous podcast and then used yeah, it as yeah, a yeah. gift notion. So in True Romance, um, when she says at the end, she's like, you're so cool, you're so cool, you're so cool. That has always been like a moment. And you mentioned that on a previous podcast? Yeah, I, did. I think it was like your favorite quotes from movies yeah. or something that we were talking about. And um, so that lodged in my brain. Yeah. Because you, you had always said to me, I want to watch True Romance. And with me, you, because yeah. obviously I've seen it. I barely knew anything about it, but just from the looks of it, I'd always... You've asked me over the years, probably like dozens of times, and every time I've said no, 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 no. Yeah. So yeah, go on. You set the stage. Yeah. So there's that. He also knows that I have a thing for neon light. Like one of my favorite artists is Tracy Emin, and she has a lot of neon in her repertoire. Is that the right word? Her body of work. Isn't repertoire the right word? Yeah, I think it could function in that way. She has a lot of pieces that are neon. And that's probably where it stemmed from. But then I like a lot of other things that are neon. Like whenever we go out and you see a cool neon sign, you'd like to take photos of it. Yeah. So I've always wanted my, my own, like something of my own in my house of it. So you surprised me, which I guess was, I thought was sort of a Christmas present because you ordered it before Christmas. But because it had to be, like, made and sent from a different country, it only just came, like, a week ago. Yeah. Um, And it was a neon sign, that's a, a blue neon sign that says, you're so cool. And 
you were like, it arrived and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. And you were like fiddling around with it in the bedroom. Yeah. And then you walked me into the bedroom and I opened my eyes and I just immediately started to cry <laughs> because it was like the best gift I've ever received. I couldn't believe you did that. It was just yeah. amazing. Um. Anyway. So, and I also, just to round out. Oh, and you got the movie. Yeah, and I got we you the Blu-ray the of True Romance and we watched it together. Yeah. And you weren't that impressed. <laughs> I thought it was... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I mean, I had like one or two interesting moments, but to be honest, the thing I kept saying to you is, when, when did it come out? Like in the 90s, I think. You said it came out like 94, which is very strange to yeah, me because it really like feels like a dated 80s movie to me. Yeah, it's definitely like an 80s, 90s like movie, cost yeah. movie. Um, I don't think it's... It might not even be set when it was made. It might be set in the 80s. Right. I don't know. Um, it so doesn't anyway, say. Yeah. Like, My point is that I got you that. Oh, you got that a week ago. Yeah. And I'm the type of person who likes to get, and I feel like this is a strange, humble brag, but I, if I'm going to get someone a gift, especially yeah. someone I really care about, I want it to be like a really awesome gift. Well, we, we me and you are not, we don't give each other gifts that often. So when we do give each other gifts, it's like special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and also because we don't give each other, like I would not want you to get me a gift now for like Valentine. We usually sort of join Valentine's and our anniversary together because they're so close. To me, my mind, as long as we do something for our anniversary, I don't care about Valentine's. Like you can... Mark Valentine's Day by just saying Happy Valentine's Day. Here's like a kiss. I don't Some know, <laughs> like, <him>. like, <laughs> yeah. but like, I don't care. But I would not want or expect a gift now for my our anniversary. My anniversary. <laughs> our anniversary. It is kind of. I'm your like Monica when they get engaged, and she's yeah. she's just talking about herself. Um, but I would not want or expect that now. When I say I would not want, I'm being, I'm going to be real and say, if you got me something, I'm not going to be like, I don't want it. I'm going to be real. Sure. But I definitely am not saying, get me something. I feel like I've said this too many times. <laughs> um, I get your, that's, and that's why I asked you what were the baseline expectations, because I'm not going to be able to get you a gift like that again within a yeah, week's time. Yeah. A, because it took that, gift took a lot of thought and a lot of preparation i had to contact them and get it handmade and get it yeah customized to the specifications we wanted and whatnot all i ever really want for like an anniversary or something is for it to just be marked so like it's our anniversary today like happy anniversary yeah. here's a card i made you or something like that you know? With glitter. And maybe I don't have to cook that day. Like, that's, like, the all I care about, really. I worry this is going to sound so depressing to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all I want is to be let out of the cage. I want to have some fresh water in my bowl. <laughs> I am trying to... I want to, to see the daylight one more time before I perish. <laughs> Please let me see the daylight. No. Only darkness for <laughs> womankind. <laughs> hey. It's not okay... To joke about that type of thing. Like, I know we're having a good a good time. <laughs> we're giggling. It's light. It's jovial. What you're doing is not going to come across. But 
I just feel like in this climate, with everything that's going on, you know, time is up for the abusers. Hey, stop. I just, I honestly feel like I need to take this moment to say, like, you know, that's funny. That's great. But just no more, no more jokes like that, all right? Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> you just self-explode. Yeah. Self-explode. Self-destruct. So, yeah. I'm just going to go back in my cage, honestly. Yeah. Don't know about anything it's else. It's cozy in there. Anyway. There's straw bedding. I am also trying to make you go to see Fifty Shades. Oh, God. I totally forgot about that. So we, we went to see the first one on Valentine's Day. Yeah. In London. Yeah. And then why didn't we go to see the second one? Because it came out when we were here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to that, be honest, we well, don't like leaving the house. Yeah, that's true. So, well, I also didn't want to see it. I also don't want to see this one. So I worry that you... There must have been a reason why I didn't push you to go and see the second one. I think you asked me and I just gave you I a think, flat out now. Yeah, and honest. I maybe at the time didn't think I was that bothered. However, having not gone to see the second one at cinema real made me realise that I really don't want to not go and see the third one at the cinema. Oh, my God. If you want an idea, listeners, of the straight-up sophistry that Samantha was employing to try and coax me into hey, going to see this. no. We were talking about this, and this is literally what she said to me. She <laughs> said, not only is this the third film, it's this is the end of it. It's like an end of an era. But Fifty Shades is also basically the same thing as Twilight. And Twilight is like my favourite thing in the world. <laughs> so this is like so important to me. You have to go and see it. You know what, so she made you. this tenuous, tangential Only connection. Only certain people will even know what you're talking about. Let me, I need to preface this, okay? Please do. I am not like a Fifty Shades super fan. I have not read the books. I don't care about the books. I did read the original fan fiction that the books are based on because, not that the books are based on, that the books are. Yeah. Because the original fan fiction was Twilight fan fiction and that's how I knew about it. Everyone already knows that Twilight is my fave and... Yeah, <laughs> everyone knows that. So reading the Twilight fan fiction, his name page. was Edward, she was Bella. So when I saw the movie, in my mind, it is Edward and Bella. And to be honest, if you are a Twilight fan and then you watch the movies, some of the stuff is the same. Yeah, like she still works in a hardware store. She still has that like best friend who's like not white. And what a weird thing to bring you up. You know what I mean? But like there is there are Don't things Don't make me do the bit again cuz I'll do it along racial lines. There are want. things things smat I don't know what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I talked over you. I'm sorry. I don't know what you said. No, it's fine. You you go on. You talk Okay. <laughs> I just feel like in this moment the woman should be allowed to speak. You know because what? I'm going to cut for this hundreds of years, right now. Men have been the only one who dominate the discourse. The dialectic is always man and man discussing things, figuring out lofty philosophical concepts, inventing important stuff to to fuel and advance civilization. But I feel like right now in this cultural zeitgeist moment, Samantha, I cede <laughs> the conversational supremacy to you i feel like your humor is not going to come across i truly do not care <laughs> my humor is at the expense of people who don't understand the joke yeah, or the punchline true but yeah there is a smattering of things in the movies that still are twilight-esque to me yeah you know and i still see and even though i know it's not twilight i know it's not the same 
in my mind, it's rooted in Twilight. Therefore, when I watch the movie, I get like a twinge of like, whatever, you know? And it is the last one. And I want to, and because it falls on anniversary, I just think it would be great to go. Is it going to be the last one though? It is there the is the spin off. There the isn't prequel. a spin off. It's not a prequel and it's not a spin off. What am I thinking of? You're thinking of her releasing the books from his point of view. Yeah. So, How can they make a movie out of that? But is it the exact same event? It's the exact same. Oh, so why is anyone buying it? Because people want to hear it in his voice. Oh, I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking, of, I hate that I know this. <laughs> I'm thinking of Midnight Sun. Yeah, you are. Do you want to explain that's what that is That's also Twilight from his point of view. It's yeah, not but different. that's... Oh, it's not different? No. It's oh, different God. in that... It's different in that there will be a few scenes that, where Edward is on his own and you never got those scenes before. So it is different. It, yes, but it's the same events. There are a few events that you'll get, like, that are new. Like, as in, like, he's off hunting or he's brooded in his bedroom. But, like, there's no... It's okay. not really different. So, yeah, so you need to take me to the cinema on an anniversary <laughs> to see it. I don't imagine that it's going to happen. Hey, you said you would seriously consider it. You're not seriously considering it if you're there saying, I don't think it's going to happen. Seriously considering it is saying, this is what I said to him. Imagine if there was a movie or an event and it was rooted in your favorite video game or your favorite book or your favorite author. And I said, no, we can't go. I just I would never say no we can't go. I fundamentally disagree that it's rooted in Twilight. How how from what I've just given you? Because that is such a meandering route back to the original source it's material. Not. I mean but, come okay, on. but even if you don't agree that they they are like objectively tied together by me saying to you in my mind they're tied together isn't that enough? No. <laughs> You're just glaring at me right now with a death stare. I feel like my my face is slowly going to melt off. This is how mad I'm getting. That's going to sound absolutely yeah, incredible to the listeners. I don't care. You turn into I do the, care, really. I'm the, sorry. the berserker version of Samantha. The berserker. Yeah. I'll turn into the Tasmanian devil. Okay. I could do the... I think what are you doing? I'm trying to get comfortable. You're just like reaching around you to try and grab whatever you can. You know what? I'll tell my secrets. What secrets? That you I grabbed would... a pillow? So are you going to take me to see it or not? We've already settled that I'm probably not. But I will give it serious, air quotes, consideration. This is not fair. You need to write in to tell us how unfair right it is in. and don't let your fact that you hate 50 shades you know bias, bias your. your opinion send it in on a self-addressed envelope on a postcard yeah like you're writing into blue send Peter. us your postcards what accent was that <laughs> you always do this i do a voice and then you say what accent was that i'm like it's not an accent i'm just doing a voice but it has an accent no i don't i'm in my head thinking okay this is going to be scottish i just do a voice Okay. I'm going to do the rest of the podcast in different voices. But they won't actually have accents, because apparently you just do yeah. quote-unquote voices. <sighs> You're not smart. Okay, so... Wow, just being put down <laughs> by my love. 
My intelligence is being denigrated. Now that's one of our things, and, and no one knows. It's <laughs> that's true. Come across There's so many inside jokes you have where if someone just heard, heard it and had a real deadpan reaction, they'd be like, "God, yeah. I, I might need to intervene in this situation. Yeah. I need to contact someone and tell them about this dysfunctional relationship." Yeah, it's like people wouldn't get; they won't get it. That's true. So yeah, we have a couple of stories to tell. Story time. See, that's the... It's what they call it on YouTube. Do you think YouTubers invented the term story time? I'm just saying that's... I don't know. No, that that was not... Was that... Imp- like, that's not what I meant from what I just said. I'm putting you in the hot seat. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I grab the lamp and shine it in your face. Give me the answers. Is that what you really I think? I waterboard you. How about that? Wow. You took uh, it to a dark place. Whatever. Hashtag thanks, Obama. Hey. Hashtag end Guantanamo. Guantanamo? <laughs> end the domino tournament. Guantanamo. Let's go to domino. Do do You're doing the cutest little shoulder shuffle right now. It got aggressive towards the end. It was like you were thrusting your breast towards me. Which, to be honest, I don't mind. But yeah. Yeah. It was very sexually forward sexually forward thinking hashtag sex positive hashtag no i left it left my brain before I i'm could gonna keep that it. long gap in, no, by you're the not way. Gonna in fact give... i'm gonna add 10 more seconds no! to the count <laughs> and then you're just gonna add in like a random <laughs> word from somewhere else just like the sound of a mouse running across the floorboards so yeah so what my point was the good thing about us doing this every two or three weeks is you do end up accruing stories in the interim. And we have yeah. two interesting ones. I will cede the microphone. I will cede the stage to you for your oh, okay. story of live music. It's not really a story. It's just a fun time had by all. Yep. I went to see Paramore recently with my mother which to some people is going to sound really not fun, <laughs> but it was really fun. Me and my mom are close and we do things together. And I, my cousin also went with her friend. Um, I've seen them before, but not since 2006 when they were first, like, and this is not like, oh, I saw them before they were like cool type of thing. But it I'm, kind of is. No, no, it's not. I'm simply saying I saw them when they weren't like, super huge and it was their first album and they were like playing in like the tiniest venues possible like i said before the stage they played on when i saw them the room that was the stage was in was like the size of this room that we're in right now which is tiny and i was right there like she was right there and it was it wasn't really a stage like i don't even think it was raised it was more like you play here in this corner and everyone will come and stand in front of you. Um, it's almost like someone just grabbing a guitar at a house party. Mm. Yeah. Man, that would be so cool. Like, especially because you ended up going on to have this affection for yeah. them as a band. I used to think... I used to think that... Look, thinking back, I thought my whole, like, Twilight thing was, like, linked to Paramore because... They oh god, the tendrils spread everywhere. Yeah, apparently. they do. They um did two songs for the um 
soundtrack on the first Twilight movie. And so in my brain, it was like, oh, I was probably a fan of them because I first heard them while watching the movie. But it's not true. It was two years before. Uh, actually, t- three years before because I didn't. I discovered Twilight late. So I already liked Paramore. So in my, actually, it was probably a really nice surprise that they then showed up on the movie. But um, but yeah, I saw them. It was really good. I remember like who I went with. I even remember queuing up. Like, it was a really memorable thing that happened. I don't know why I haven't seen them since then, because they've toured with all of their other albums, which is, like, four albums, and I hadn't been. Because I've been to other gigs in that time. Um, Has there ever been a time in the past where you saw they were touring somewhere you could get to, and then you you specifically chose not to go? or it No, just I think it was just one of those up? things where you don't think about right, it. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you just don't think about it. Um, Yeah, so I just hadn't thought about it. And then, but they have been, like, my favourite this whole time. So it is kind of shocking to me that I haven't thought I should go see them. And you have been to a lot of live music and gigs. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to very many over the past, like, six years, though. I've been to, like, just a small handful. Um, But I used to go a lot. Even I'd even go on my own. Like if no one else wanted to go, I would just go on my own because That's I didn't want to miss out. Dangerous <clears throat> and depressing. Or amazing and fun. <laughs> Glass half full type yeah. of perspective. I will in say. Way, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, in a way, it is sad. Like I, I've been to some where halfway through, you kind of like look at yourself and think, "I'm here on my own, and this actually really sucks." But then you have to push that away and be like, but hang on, I really love this person's music or whatever, and I'm going to just have a good time. Yeah. Because actually, in a way, it's like going to see a movie. You don't talk to the other person, really. You don't, you don't. Like, especially like me, like when I went to see Paramore this time, I just danced the whole time. I barely spoke to my mum while Paramore were actually playing. It was before and after that we were speaking. So I could have been on my own. Yeah. But I guess it is nice to look over every now and then and be like, I'm here with my mum. sharing this with someone. I just wanted to say, I don't like the idea of going to see live music. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. I don't like being in a very densely coagulated crowd Mm. i don't like that feeling of people pressing against you on all sides and not being able to get out of dodge if you need to i also have a intense (laughs) deathly fear of getting what is it called tinnitus yeah i've just read stories online about how it it just ruins your life like people become super depressed and withdrawn from life because they have this thing constantly plaguing them and i'm very sensitive to sound so to have like a continual Mm. almost psychosomatic ringing in my ears at all times would just i think i would be one of those people where it actually drives them crazy i was gonna say like you hear people say stuff like that and like it is easy to just roll your eyes and be like but that doesn't happen but actually I went to see, um, when I was like 19 or 20 or something, I went to see Alkaline Trio and I was like right at the side, at the front. So the the big speakers were right by my head. 
And when we came out of it, everything sounded really weird. Oh, God. That would scare me. Kind of like both muffled and squeaky at the same time. Oh, God. And all the way home, I was staying at my friend's house, all the way home and back to her house, my... it still hadn't corrected. Um, I hadn't been drinking, but I probably was. You know when like you're just really happy and excited? So I was in that like really hyper mood. And I think because I was in that mood, I was trying not to let it affect me. So we were just like laughing and giggling and, and stuff the whole time. Then we got back to the house, went to sleep. And when I woke up the next day, I think it was back to normal. But... If that happened to me now, I'd be freaking out. Like, I didn't care when I was younger. When I was a teenager, I there was a period of time when I was about 15 where I went to gigs like every few weeks. Like I went all the time. I would even go and see bands that I didn't really know because we would go in big groups uh, of friends and we would just get drunk like or get high and go. and You just like the experience. Yeah. And that was back when a lot of gigs were like seven or eight pound. So you could go right. every few weeks or whatever. How much? I have no idea how much tickets cost. Like what's the general ballpark? Tickets now for like big bands, like Paramore's massive now. Like they're super famous. Um, well, super famous for that genre. Um, what's the genre? Well, I guess what you think is they're not super famous compared to like Taylor Swift. Right. But they're super famous in like the rock, like pop rock rock type. pop Punk yeah pop. like um yeah a lot of people say they're not rock but their their new album definitely isn't but yeah anyway um but yeah so a ticket for to go and see them recently was like 48 pounds right. or something um yeah that's a lot if you do you, i mean you couldn't do that every like every other week yeah. or whatever Unless that was all you spent your money on. Yeah, that's true. Like, you didn't buy yourself time, other things. There's not... I mean, like you said, back when you were doing getting it's like £6 a ticket, you would just go somewhere where you didn't know any of the music and you may not even like it because it's so cheap and it's such a throwaway yeah. thing. Whereas you're not going to spend £50 per person no. going to something that you don't like. No. Yeah. You have to be very specific and you have to be very discerning. Mm. Then as I got like more like a late teenager, I started just going to things that I liked. So it got less and less. Um, but I've seen like some really good band. Like right. some, I sometimes surprise myself thinking back, oh, wow, I've seen them. But um, anyway, so I hadn't seen Paramore. So I remember just watching videos. Like they did like their first leg of their tour with their new album, like the end of last year or like the mid to end of last year and i remember seeing videos online and just hayley williams who sings in Paramore, she has like such a stage presence like she dances and i really enjoy the way she dances and she's just so like that's how you feel when you're listening to the music and so i was like i want to go this is making me really want to go um and because i am more kind of like how you would describe being yourself as i don't really like big crowds anymore and i mean if this was like 10 years ago or whatever i would be like let's get straight or actually not even 10 years ago if we'd have gone to like their first leg where they played small venues i would have said to my mom let's get there really early queue so we can get to the front that's like the type of experience i want to have 
because when we went to see them in January, we're still January, <laughs> um, it was an arena, also the first time I've been to an arena. Um, I didn't want to... The likelihood of you getting to the front is not very high. So I was like, let's just get seats because I also don't really want to queue and stand for hours and hours anymore. And I think I'll have a better time if we just sit. So anyway, so we <laughs> so we were decided to go. And my cousin was also going. My cousin's 18. She was going with one of her friends. And they wanted to do the let's kind of try and get to the front standing situation. Wasn't there a whole palaver with getting the tickets? Like you had to be that You had to be logged on to the site at a specific time? Yeah, this is also something that didn't, I didn't have to do when I was like a teenager or whatever. Um is you would just buy a ticket. Tickets would go on sale and they'd be on sale for like days, weeks, months even. Because the band type of bands I was seeing, while some of them were big, they didn't sell out the way things sell out now. <clears throat> um, So, yeah, so I had to, yeah, be, you know, it goes on sale at 9am and you have to be on you have to be on the website or whatever at 9am so both me my mom and my cousin were like online trying to get all on different sites trying to get the tickets mashing refresh yeah i i ended up getting all the tickets in the end um because i think the site one of the sites they were trying to go on like it's when it's like the site's like down or whatever right so <clears throat> have you just out of interest have you ever bought tickets from like an actual scalper no my mum has though like back in the day no recently when she went to see the grateful dead <laughs> at Lollapalooza. <laughs> my mom goes to gigs like every few weeks it seems she's like this is a new thing for her um newish for like the last year she's been going to like like she recently saw the killers and like all kinds of people you know you have mine a cool has gone mom. Blank. I do have a cool mom. Remember, she wanted us to queue up for that vinyl, oh, the special yeah. edition vinyl. I was like, that, that is a cool thing for a mom to ask yeah. as a favor. Yeah, because she's really into like records and stuff. Um, but yeah, but I never really remember having to do that. I did have to do that for Fallout Boy and for Incubus, like be online at a certain time, because those are the type of bands that will sell out like really quickly. But and I remember getting, like, Justin Bieber tickets for my cousin a few years ago because she was going to be at school or whatever. Like, she asked me to do it. I had to wake up, like, really early to get them. But, um, but yeah. So, so we went and, um, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> like, I don't know, like. I love how we've built, we've, we've slowly <laughs> gone to the point of the concert and you're like, yeah, and it, and it was fine. No, it was so good. It was acceptable. I was really, like, dying to get, like, some merch. And, like, I thought maybe I wanted to get, like, a T-shirt. And I knew, you know, that, like, enamel pins are, like, really in right now. And so everyone has sure. an enamel pin. I'm always checking the fashion blogs to yeah. see what's the hot new <laughs> accessory. And, um... <laughs> you sound like a grandpa. <laughs> I am. I'm a 24-year-old grandpa. And, um... I'm old before my years. Yeah. So I really wanted the pin and like they had a merch booth, not like a fake one because they are, do have like fake sellers, like sellers that, who, who are selling not official merchandise. Like inside the arena? No, outside. Right. But 
then they also had an official one outside as well. And he was like, we've sold out of nearly everything. And this was before the gig. We get inside and there's another booth. And she's like, we've sold out of lots of stuff. And she's like, there's one down there and there's one down there, like on either side of like the arena. So I was like, we have to go to all of them. I really want the pin. I really, really want the pin. And the pin doesn't just say Paramore. It's like part of a lyric from a song. Because I really wanted it. And eventually, we the last one we went to, I think it was the last one we went to, I was like, oh, yes, they have them. Because they saw, you know how like behind the people selling, there will be like a wall that has all the stuff on it. There was like six of the pins pinned to the wall. And so I was like, oh, they must have some left. And um, so I just immediately was like, can I have two pins, please? Because my mum wanted one. And she was like, we haven't got any left. And I was like, but there's six on the wall. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, it's a stupid rule. I don't know why, but we're not allowed to take stuff off the wall. And I'm like, all the other booths have sold out. And I know that some of the booths say that they do get like merch sometimes halfway through the show. Every single person How is going to be work? cute. I don't know. Is there like a drone delivery? Yeah. It gets airdropped to them? They just kept saying to us, when I got to the booths and they'd sold out of what I wanted, they just kept saying to me, yeah, sometimes they give us more stock halfway through the show or after the show. And I'm like, but there's no actual guarantee of yeah, that. Yeah, that's so strange. Just buy a couple extra boxes of t-shirts. I mean, it's not that hard. Yeah, so so I was like, I was like... I was not above begging, seriously. You put on your best Tiny Tim sad face. Yeah. So I just said to her, I was like, oh, I was like, can you just give us one then? Please? Like Please? that. And it just you came shed some out. crocodile tears. No, it just came out the way I was just like, please. And she went, you know what? I'll just give you two. And she just walked over and like climbed on the table and got like the two off the wall. And she was like, it's such a stupid rule. And I was like, oh, I hope you don't get in trouble. I was like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then I also got like a t-shirt. Um, and that woman got fired later, right? No. And she has three kids to support. So they're now like destitute, homeless. That's not funny. She's hunting you down. I You're feel, the woman who caused her ruin. I feel bad now. She's well, not going to lose her bad. job. Um. So, yeah. So. But, but the, the other thing which you said, which makes it even more silly is... It's not like it was six different pins to show you the different pins you No, could get. it's the same pin. Yeah, so you only need one of yeah, the pin to display. That's what I was saying. I was like, why is there six of them? They're all the same. Um, so, yeah, so then we went in. And because we, we, we ended up going for food, I wasn't really into the support band. And I feel bad saying that because the band is like one of Haley's favorite bands and like and you're worried she's gonna hear this and think you're a goddamn traitor but i just feel bad because you know it's a thing where like not everyone goes in time for the support band and then the support band doesn't have that much of an audience and so i just felt bad about knowing i was gonna miss it even though I've listened to some of their music. I'm not going to say who they are. I've listened to some of their music. <laughs> Someone could look this up. Yeah, well, if they want to look it up, they can. Um, who are you worried about hearing this? No, I'm, it's not about that. I just don't... You don't want to name Ow. and shame them. You just, like, elbow dropped the back of the sofa. <laughs> like, you're the rock, and it's the main event of it WrestleMania. really hurt. Oh, my God. Wow, you really, like, I mean, bashed it I with your like elbow. I am really good at telling stories, usually. That's probably an exaggeration. but <laughs> Not even a humble no, you know brag, just someone... <laughs> a straight up brag. 
just a blatant black. No, you know when people are not black? a blatant black. A Ragn- a Ragnarok. A Ragn- for Ragnarok. That was good. Film. That was a good film we saw. Um, you know when someone is just terrible at telling a story, and so you're listening to the story, and the story is actually quite interesting, but the way they're telling it is just not good. I feel like I am actually good at telling stories. However... Cut to all the listeners and they've stopped listening 20 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> they rated us one star on iTunes. This woman is a terrible storyteller. Something about telling this story is not... I think it's I been fine. Like You're I've just telling the different well. aspects of what happened. Anyway, so we went for food and stuff beforehand. So I wasn't really interested in the support band. I knew I wasn't. I'd listened to some of the music. I wasn't into it. So we ended up sitting down, and when we sat down in the place, the support band only had, like, one song left. So we had basically missed the whole entirety of it. Or, to look at it a different way, you've timed it perfectly. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) We just heard, like, a Tarzan roar from upstairs. They make some weird sounds, man. Yeah. Um... It's always the same guy as well. You could always tell it's his voice. He's the one who making the noise. We could start. You know how like there are bird watchers, and I'm ima- in my head. I imagine they have blogs where they like post recordings of like the tweets that came from their garden that day, and they identify what type of bird it was. We could start a blog where it's just like we hold the microphone up to the ceiling and we catalog the different type of strange noises we have to put up with. Yeah, this is what it would be. <laughs> Oh my god! That's basically Those what it would be. Those are two of the classics on yeah. a loop. I'll try not to do that really loud because any louder, and he would have heard me do an impression of him. That's how. What if he go. then did an impression of us? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we just had a weird moment where you were just scratching your face and staring at and me, and you were scratching your face. And I was staring waiting at for me. you to say something else. <laughs> I need the fuel for the conversation. Yeah. The seats were good. I remember when I was booking the tickets. <laughs> steam roll on. <laughs> Don't lose any steam. I remember... <laughs> I was out of practice. I remember when I was um, booking the seats, I was really like concerned because I, when I said I had never been to an arena concert before, that's partly a lie. I have. My mom, when I was like, I don't know, early tw- whenever it was that this album was out when justin timberlake was first out with his like first album whenever that was okay. like in the late 90s early 2000s no it wasn't late 90s in the 2000s somewhere i was a fan of him and because i was like a, a fan of nsync when they went together sure. and my mom loved justin timberlake my mom got tickets and she took me and it was in an arena, and they were the worst. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. We were on the back row, really up high. Oh, my God. So we were, like, had the worst tickets ever. Behind a pillar. We were saying that, like, that might not even be Justin Timberlake. That's how far away he was. <laughs> it could be a lookalike. Yeah, it could be anyone. The guy doesn't even look that much like him. Yeah, it was still a good time. I mean, I might not enjoy that now, See, but I remember thinking I had a good time. It's more the atmosphere yeah. at that point. Like I do think just, my standards are higher now, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Back when you're young, you're just yeah. excited to go and yeah. do this new thing. But it just reminds me. Sometimes I see people post pictures of their view at, <clears throat> say, UFC events. Like sometimes when the UFC will do a pay per view card in a big arena, there'll be like a huge amount of seating, like 
20, 30,000 yeah. people. And so the top circle of seats at the top of the arena, when people post the vantage from that, the people fighting in the cage literally look like ants. I don't know where they go, but I guess it's you the have atmosphere. to watch it on yeah. the giant screens. And at that point, I do start to wonder why did you even go? Because you're yeah. just watching it on a screen anyway. You could have done this at home in yeah. your underwear with a with a frosty brewski, you know? I'm down with the frat boys. I know their lingo. <laughs> so pretty much all my other gigs that I've been to, and I've been to quite a lot, I have always been at the front. Whether it's the very front centre or the side of the front, but it's always been the front. Um, <clears throat> so I was a bit like, oh, we're going to get tickets, and they're not in small arenas anymore. They're doing a big arena and so what am I going to do am I going to queue still and try and get um stand in the front and then I said I didn't want to stand for loads of hours um and my mum didn't really want to do that and obviously I'm not going to go separately from my mum I wanted to be with my mum um so I said okay let's get seats but I remember saying to you if I can't get good seats I don't know if I want to go sure. because it's 50 pound each yeah. and and you have to travel there Yeah so like I mean it was not that far away but so when I was booking seats I had like the the like I I want to get this type of seat in this type of spot to like get it so we kind of got seats like at the side like maybe halfway up or a bit more than halfway up. So they were good. I could see her. She was like a person I could see, you know? <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it was very exciting. I was very, very, very excited. And they do like several things throughout the show, which you you get like really pumped for. Right. Jesus Christ, I'm being <laughs> really loud. Um, <clears throat> like they... They didn't, I don't remember them doing this during their first tour when I saw them. I think it's probably something they developed as they kind of got more right. and more experience. They added signature moves. And also this song wasn't out then, so I don't even know why I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> one of their most famous songs, Misery Business, from like their second album, <clears throat> they sing and then like halfway through or whatever, they stop and they call someone on stage, like a fan, and then the fan sings a part sure. of the song. And so you get... Re I didn't... Like, in a way, that kind of sounds a bit shit because I'm not there to, like, see someone sing it. But actually... And even when you watch videos, it's a bit like... Because the videos are never good quality. But in person, you get so pumped. And when they pick the person, you get so excited for that person that you're just, like, screaming your head off. And... I obviously knew I wasn't going to get picked. She wasn't like, going to point up into the stands and say, well, you, chair 64E. No, one of the shows a few days before, they did pick someone from oh, far God. up. So, but, but even still, I knew I wasn't going to get picked. Did she just where, point or is there like a spotlight? Well, people, I don't know. I couldn't tell whether there was a spotlight or not, but... People go, have signs, like yeah. they'll say, pick me or, or say something funny. Pick me, what yeah, a sign. Yeah, some people do just say, pick me. but um, Or some people do like funny or witty signs or whatever. Something that stands out that she's going to say. But she doesn't always pick the person with the sign, like she picks whoever she sees. Um, so in my mind, I was like, there's like a, 
0.1% chance that I'll get picked. <laughs> it could happen. I didn't even really try and make myself stand out. I was just like, you know, screaming or whatever. Um, but she did pick someone called Sam, which made me really happy. It's kind of I know, slightly connected so, to you. She actually picked two people. Right. I heard her say... And the other guy was called Ryan, right? <laughs> this is so weird and surreptitious. I heard her say when she picked the second person, and you can come up because I didn't pick you the other day, because there, there are people who follow the band all around the country or all around Europe. Um, because she even said toward the end of the show when you know when like they talk to the audience, yeah, she was like anyone coming to Amsterdam because that was their next to- um stop, and a bunch of people at the front was like yeah like platonic groupies if you will yeah so um so she had obviously almost picked this guy the other day and then so she picked him and when they were singing it. Like, I was just like, you just get so excited for them. And, like, Haley's running around the stage as they're singing it. And it's just so good. And um, there's also something that they do where she's, like, I was going to, like, try and, like, say oh, it the way she says it. But she's, like, we are. And then everyone shouts, Paramore. Like, it's really, like, this so is, cheesy. I won't tell like... you my real reaction to this <laughs> because it will deflate you. <laughs> But I'm glad that you did it. But it's so good when she does it because it's like saying that we're a family, yeah. like we're a community of people. I mean, it does kind of make me think of the Juggalos. Hey! But that's okay. Hey, what's wrong with the Juggalos? Uh, Absolutely nothing. Uh, good people. Uh, <laughs> so, I get stabbed through so the throat. So many people aren't going to know what we're talking about. Everyone knows. The Juggalos are a cultural phenomenon at this yeah, point. Yeah, I guess. You know, in America, they're officially classed as a as a gang i think so yeah i remember seeing a thing how crazy it. is that that is crazy That's i'm sure like there some... are bad people within it yeah but like well, of course as a whole there's like, murderers it's... that are fans of power more exactly hey but they're statistically there probably is but it just reminds me of like i'm sure back in like the 1950s when there was like hysteria about the moral yeah. decay of rock and roll i'm sure the police probably looked at rock and roll yeah. fans as like potential criminals so such a strange, outdated reaction. Um, I think it probably also goes to goes towards the fact how they look. That whole thing of like looking alternative is like alternative is putting still, it mildly yeah, for I jugglers, know. but like is still kind of like frowned upon by a lot of people. It automatically, in some people's eyes, makes you come back. But I mean, like, if you've got a full face tattoo. <laughs> You're making a bold statement, <laughs> an audacious expression. What is, what is it that Dana White said before? When you've got a neck tattoo, you've stopped giving a fuck about anything yeah. or something like that. You just don't care anymore. Um, talking about once his face. Of course. And, and who could forget? What's I'm sure his name? UFC fans know who I'm talking about with the neck There's tattoo. There's more. I, yeah, but he's got like a full neck tattoo. Yeah, he's not the only one. If you can believe it, yeah. there's multiple cage well, he's fighters the biggest. with a neck tattoo. He's the biggest. Yeah, that's true. Um, he was the only champion with the neck tattoo. There you uh, go. People know who I mean. Yeah, maybe. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, something I was also really excited about is, like I said earlier, I saw them the first time before I was into Twilight and before Twilight came out, so I never got to hear them play in person the Twilight song. Well, I say the Twilight song. The main song was kind of like the sound, the theme of the movie. Like it played at the end. There was a music video for it, and but they actually have a second song that's in the movie in like a really small scene. 
Um, and that was actually like my. This is back when you have songs as your ringtone. Oh god, that was my ringtone for like a long time. And because they don't just, you know, people who go to gigs know this. They don't just play their new album. They play old songs as well. And they played the second song. Oh wow! They um, yeah, that's cool. And so I was like, my little my is that little a song they heart. wrote for the Twilight films? I think they wrote Decode for the Twilight films. I'm not, which is the main one. I don't know that they wrote the the second one for it, or it was just a song that they had already. I don't actually know. That's true. Why don't I know that? I should know that because it made me think of at the end of Snowden during the credits. Do you remember that song oh, that plays? Yeah. It's like a song that they wrote. God, that it's like a terrible. love song to him. Yeah, it it's was like terrible. a tribute to some saint. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean. It, the, we were listening to the lyrics and just cracking up. It was unbelievably bad yeah. and corny. Well, I remember like for New Moon and Eclipse and possibly Breaking Dawn that when artists were approached, like think people like Death Cab for Cutie, they actually were asked, they were given they were a chance to see the movie or a chance to see the scene where they thought their song would go. And then they wrote a new song for right. it but twilight the first movie it was it was mostly songs that were already out there like yeah. super massive black hole by muse was already out yeah i'm pretty sure um and then it was put on the soundtrack so i'm not sure I, i'm pretty sure decode was written for it because of the lyrics like you can kind of tell that like, there's a line about bella and edward <laughs> which kind of gives it away um but yeah, so I was like doubly pumped for that because it was like one of the songs. I don't know, like I was really excited obviously to hear the new songs because I do really enjoy, I feel like the new album, because it's it's their only album that's really a departure from their sa- overall the typical sound, sound yeah. that there are some fans that aren't that keen on right. it, I guess. It's that experimental phase. Yeah, um, but I'm still super into it. But there is definitely something about getting to hear songs played that you've been singing to yourself for like 10, ten years. years. Yeah. Like, and that's pretty special. But at the same time, I could understand. I feel like some people would see this as like a egotistical, self-important, like artiste move. But I could understand as a band saying, I'm not going to play that song I wrote 15 years ago. I was a completely different person. Yeah. Then. It's almost like you're asking them to mime the type of person they were when they wrote it. You are falling nicely into something that has been happening in like the Paramore community. Like people keep <laughs> the saying, community. people keep saying things like I miss Paramore from, from 12 years ago or right. whatever. And Haley has actually like responded to like some of those the queen comments. herself has deigned to respond. She's like, I don't ask you to be who you were 15 years ago. Yeah. So why are you asking me it's to fair. be who I was? Like, um, you the, missed that time. Exactly. If you had gone to a gig at that time, you would have seen yeah. that era of their music. And there's nothing that says they have to play. Or they could have just played all 12 or however many songs there is. And that's it. Yeah. But they they didn't. They chose to like weave Dip in. Dip back into the a old lot of Yeah. Most of their hits or whatever. But And I'm sure they are sick of playing some of those songs. Um, so I would never be like, oh, you know, I feel very lucky that they chose to play that right. some of their old songs. Um, 
So that was super exciting. And I, knowing that I was going to be seated, because I've never been to like, I mean, it was different seeing Justin Timberlake fucking 20 million years ago being in the back row because you had to kind of stand up to even try and see the tiny dot on the stage. <laughs> you had to pull out those, you know, sometimes at the opera on TV. Yeah, and they have the little... They have the binoculars on like a little golden handle. <laughs> oh you my put God, it up, they should have those. You daintily put it up to your eyes yeah. and you say, I think I can just quite make him out. <laughs> He's thrusting his pelvis. He likes to thrust his pelvis. I'm sure he does. Um... <laughs> He's a sexual being that that Justin. <laughs> I forgot what my point was. Oh yeah, so I thought in my head beforehand, oh, I'm just gonna be like in my seat dancing, but everybody stood up pretty much. There were just a few people. Well, where I was, there were just a few people left sitting down. So I kind of had to stand up because they were standing up, right? And I couldn't really see. But also, as soon as Paramore came on, I felt the need to stand up and dance because I want to do that. And so I danced to every song pretty much and just stayed up on my That's like a workout right there. It is. I feel like until you are dancing, you don't realise that dancing works your whole body. Yeah. Um, And it is tiring. Um, So every now and then, like between songs when she starts talking, I would sit because that was when my back was still i had like a back thing for a bit and that was like hurting at the time yeah but, but it was amazing and it goes so quickly i mean they played 18 songs if you think when you listen to an album that's usually about 12 songs say for instance it's like 45 minutes right so they played for like an hour and a half and it went so quickly because it was just so fun um <laughs> i love how you say she she talks in between songs. Yeah. Like she brings up her favorite philanthropic <laughs> causes. She, she talks actually... about Palestine yeah. and the plight of the the people therein. Well, or she pulls know. a Andy Kaufman and just reads The Great Gatsby from start to finish. Oh my God, can you imagine? To test the patience she of her out, followers. She pulls out Twilight. <laughs> you would lose your shit if she started doing a, a live reading of Twilight. She was a Twilight fan. I've seen like interviews of her where she's like, I was a fan of the books and that's why I wanted to do it. I feel like there are going to be some listeners who's like, I wish you would shut the fuck up about Twilight. It's not, you need to settle in for the long haul yeah. listeners because we're going to recur to that. Yeah, but um, she didn't actually talk very much. She... um. There was really only one instance and then the end where she talked for, like, a few minutes. The rest was, like... <laughs> it was a six-hour monologue. It was, like, th- things where she was just, like, get your dancing shoes on or something like that, like... Is she, like, a grandma? No, but, like, because she really dances, right. like, around the whole time while she's singing and still sounds so good. Um, yeah. She... So you, there's no possibility that she was using a, like, she was just lip syncing to a backing track. No She's one way. of those artists that you can, like, hear it's really them. Yeah. I feel like people who go, and uh, knowingly go to see their, like, favourite singer just lip sync to a song. Yeah, I don't understand I don't that. understand that mentality. Especially if you know you're going to get seats far away, so you're not actually going to see them. Like, unless you know you're getting to the front, so in your mind, that's you semi-meeting them like semi-meeting you know what i mean like you're not meeting them but you're in the same room you're in their presence whereas if you're really far away it does like i said with the justin timberlake thing he could it couldn't even might not even i mean it was him but in my mind i was like that couldn't 
oh, why can't I hear that? <laughs> that could not be him, and I would never know. Yeah. Like, that's how far away I was. Um, but, yeah, I don't understand that, because, like, people like Britney Spears famously don't sing. Like, e- even if they do sing a bit, there's, like, a backing track. So I I wouldn't... I feel like the counter-argument is people would say, well, these artists are doing, like, a 100- hundred live events a year yeah. their vocal cords would be fried if they did that much but there is plenty of artists that do that they yeah. sing but they... also just do less events like if you aren't yeah. able to physically perform this much then you probably shouldn't be performing that much i don't think that's why people like her don't sing live i think it's because they act if you like they're not very good singers they're like that like someone like britney spears or whatever she's like an auto-tune artist like not that she can't sing at all, because she obviously has sang live at times, but... Throwing shade at Britney. She doesn't... Like, I guess also the argument is that someone like Britney is, she spends millions of dollars on actual things for the show, like lighting right. and dancers and all this. Yeah, it's like a spectacle. And she dances like like choreographed dances. Like, I'm saying Hayley William dances, but she's just bopping around. She's not like... There's no choreography. Yeah, she's just like, like feeling the music, yeah. headbanging. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing. and I'm so glad you got to sit because stand even from my perspective, standing for like an hour, an hour and a half yeah. is hard. Like hard. And I'm someone who can't stand. Like the, like the longest I ever stand, like not comfortably, but the longest I ever stand where... And, like, I willingly stand kind of thing. As opposed to when there's across. a gun to the back of your neck. <laughs> this is not coming across. You probably. will stand. <laughs> or Ryan will die. <laughs> the only time I do that is when I'm cooking. Like, I'll sit whenever I can when there's a break. But the type of things that I cook, it's the type of thing where you have to be there constantly stirring it or flipping it or whatever. Um, You're chained <clears> to that hot stove. Yeah. You do chain me to the stove. I do. I'm chained to the stove right now, but you've just, like... I like to call it domestic bondage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Um, I've got a book coming out soon. (laughs) It's called... I could have really made an edgy joke there, but I chose not to. I feel like you should have. Yeah, well, the moment has passed. Well, I'm waiting, to be honest with you. I go back and and snip one in. Yeah. (laughs) This laugh is like the laugh of the joke. (laughs) It's just so jumbled. You can't even tell what's being said. But yeah, I hate standing. I will never willingly stand. You know, like you're somewhere and someone goes, oh, sit down. And they're like, no, I'll stand. I'm like, why? Standing is the fucking worst. I feel like you're saying that secretly to me. Because like yeah, whenever you we do were it, you do it. on the subway, well, my thing is when you sit down on the subway, I like to stand next to you so that I can, I'm like in front of you. So, so I can, can keep an eye me. on what's going on. <laughs> well, to be honest, there's yeah. a lot of gropers yeah, on that the is, subway. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not just talking about that. Like, someone comes in your house and you're talking and you're like, oh, sit down. And they're like, no, I'm all right. That's and weird. I'm like, that's weird. That's, sit the but fuck that's down. that's not just <clears throat> not in line with how you like to do things. That's legitimately strange. Mm. No, I'll just stand here and talk to you. I hate walking as well. Like, my mom likes to walk places. She walks a lot of places. She also sometimes just goes for a walk. And I'm like, that's hell to me. I hate walking. I was joking with you yesterday when we were going to the supermarket about 
sitting in one of the scooters. Do you remember the mobility scooters? <laughs> Because I was like, I would totally go around in one of those and you were like, clearly would be embarrassed by me. That's, I I love how you insert this retroactively. I love this revisionist. Not embarrassed. Let me clear this up. Summary of the sentence. You wouldn't be embarrassed of someone in a mobility scooter. You'd be embarrassed of someone in one that didn't need one. Yes. Yeah, that's what I wanted to clarify. I actually didn't say that at the time, so I don't appreciate you. You didn't, but I know that's what you were thinking. What I actually said at the time was, we should get you a Segway. Or if you want to be really cool and hip and cutting edge, we could get you one of those quote-unquote hoverboards. No, I need the handles. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I I would... Honestly, if I had the money, get a Segway because I don't want to walk anywhere. And I know that it doesn't totally give me what I want because I'd still be standing. But having to stand and walk sucks. (laughs) And this is not for anyone thinking, oh, it's because you're fat. Like uh, when I wasn't fat, I hated standing and walking. Like I just don't like it. I feel like we've talked about this before. We have talked about this before. I mean, that's the peril of... Yeah. doing like 90 hours of podcasts props you only have so much to give we never talk again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's funny to just let the silence hang um what, what was i gonna say yeah because you sat down but your cousin stood oh yeah she wanted standing tickets so they went like in the afternoon or something and they queued for like a few hours but she's um, got the endless vigor of youth yeah so they were like 10 people back from the front or something and didn't you say you saw a tepid mosh pit starting up no didn't you or, or did you tell me at Paramore? no you beforehand before i saw Paramore, we were watching something where there was like a mosh pit and i was and, we, and i had mentioned how like I think we had somehow linked it to Paramore, and I was like, "Yeah, there might be a mosh pit because it's the top." Which I just it's found head banging music, and that's all a po- mosh pit is. I don't know is. that it is. There's different types of mosh pits. Okay, there's like Dutal, Please categorize there's like them. A mosh pit that it really is just for like head banging, basically, and then there's like you go and see fucking Avenge Sevenfold, Pantera, and you fucking beating each other. You're stabbing. You have like brass knuckles. Yeah, there's the type of Muppet, where you, you may not leave the mosh pit alive. <laughs> you push each other, yeah. and then you do more than push each other, probably. You make um, out? No, the other kind. It can. Mosh pits do sometimes seem a little bit homoerotic. Yeah. Because often it is literally just like, you know, it's like the tough rocker looking mm. dude, and they're like shoving each other, but in a very kind of like. I don't know. There's like a strange intimate energy yeah. to it sometimes when you because see. Because it's kind of like pushing each other to egg each other on because you start getting so into the yeah. music. But it crosses the line of let's punch each other now. It can do. Yeah. But sometimes it is literally just that like communal venting. Yeah. We're helping each other vent this like aggressive energy. One of my mortal enemies. What, pushed- one of How many have you got? <laughs> pushed me into a mosh pit once. You've got like a, a list. Violet one. Like Aria. Of people yeah. you're going to finally kill. But go on. <laughs> um, Yeah, we were like mortal enemies. And she was standing next to me. And we were like getting into the music. And it was, it, there was, we were right on the edge of the mosh pit. And it was a violent mosh pit. It was pit. a maelstrom. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> quite literally. And, um. It, not quite literally. Because yes, it wasn't actually a maelstrom. Because you said maelstrom. So in my brain, I was oh. like, mail. Oh, it was very dominated yes. by men. I I, I want to take a moment to pause and say 
That was quite an accomplished pun. Yeah. I want to give you retroactive credit for that Good, joke. Good, I should have credit. Give me credit for everything I do. No. Even when it's not good. That's... How will you ever grow as a person? I'm grown. Okay. <laughs> I, there's no more advancement. <laughs> I can't become any more enlightened. I'm fully... I'm pretty done. enlightened. I'm baked. Take me out I of the oven. Baked. Um, <laughs> oh, I could just eat cake right now. Uh, that's not... <laughs> Go back to the story. <laughs> so we were like standing on the edge of it and she pushed me into it. Right. And it was hard to get out of because it, it go like often it's going in a yeah, circle. It's like whirling. Yeah. And so it, it was kind of hard to get out of. It's like a centrifuge. What a bitch. Why did you go to a I think concert? her name was Hayley. Oh. Fuck you, Hayley. And she grew up Ooh, to become not the Hayley, lead singer no, of Paramore. Not Hayley Williams from Paramore. Oh, but why wow, did you go to her name was an event with your quote unquote mortal enemy? I didn't go with her. She was there. She was present. She was lurking. She followed you there. Now, yeah, to murder me. And the, the, her murder weapon was the quote-unquote maelstrom. Yeah. Emphasis on testosterone. Pretty much. So, yeah, now that we've given a taxonomy of the different mosh pits, let's move on. Have you got anything else to say about the Paramore experience? No, it was just so good. Was it life-changing? No. Are you a changed life woman? life-affecting. That's true, but everything is. Well, is you it? think about it. It was life affecting in a good way. Do you think you like? Is it the type? This is what I don't get because I, I haven't been to gigs. Now that you've seen them, do you feel like you've kind of checked it off, or do you, and you've gotten it out of your system, or do you have that like thirst to see them again? I have a thirst to see them again because I'd already seen them. I wish I had have had seen them once every album. Right. And that would have taken me up to five times. So I'm kind of, it's when you, when I th- really think about it properly and I'm listening to the albums, because I listen to the albums all the time. It's the type of music for me that you can listen to over and over again. And I never skip any songs either. There's nothing I skip out of all those albums. And it saddens me sometimes when I think that, I'm never going to hear some of those songs. Like that main Twilight song, on their first leg of this tour, so mid to last year, they were playing it. And in my mind, I was like, they were playing it, so they're going to play it, and they didn't play it. And I was a little bit sad. But it's my fault that I missed out on that. Sure. Like, you know? So so I just have a... Th- I know now, if they come out with more albums, which I'm hoping they do... Well, she's not on Death's Door. No, but... So I think Anyone she's going to go on to make Paramore, more music. They have had troubles in the past with like... I'm now ch- very curious what that can be a euphemism for. Well, like members leaving and then rejoining and... Yeah, that's very common for no, bands. Why like, did you say it in such a... But between the last album and this album, there was a period where she has said, I thought it was all over. Oh, okay. And they almost didn't come back. So... In my mind, now that they're renewed, I, you know, it's likely there will be more albums. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not like a definite. You talking about the whole trying to get the right tickets kind of brought up a, a story in my mind. I didn't want to interrupt you at the time, but I feel like I want to tell it now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I won't be denied. <laughs> it's I'll my just time. unplug your microphone, but won't tell you. <laughs> There's just like a 30 minute silence. <laughs> That's going to be really pleasant. For I don't ears. appreciate you drinking a, a, a 
Caprison or Caprison, <laughs> however you want to say it. It was the worst as well. It made like the noise that the straw makes and then the the packet was all creasing. So it was very pleasant for you. I think there's a high likelihood that I won't leave that in, but I might. No, don't leave it in. I think I'm going to leave it in now. Sure. Just despite you. Okay, tell me a story. So yeah, it's quite a short story. Is it? It is. We're yeah. not one for telling short That's stories. True. I think I just talked about Paramore for an hour <laughs> and nothing exciting happened except the fact that I had a good time. It was exciting for you. Yeah. Yeah, we are quite verbose. We are. We get to things in a circuitous fashion. We talk about things in a. In, we talk about the minutiae. Yeah. Because but in our like, lives, to us, it's yeah. the most interesting thing in the world. <laughs> to the listener, they're like, I don't give a fuck about the enamel pins that you yeah. got. <laughs> Or how you almost didn't get them. But at the same time, there's going to be someone out there who has like a denim jacket full of enamel pins. Or a bag, an eater bag full of enamel pins. Okay, so. Tell me. Under my story. Under your story. Enough of all your jazz. Enough of that jazz. So, I don't remember how old we were. I want to say like maybe 17. But. Not me and you. Yeah. I'm talking about Matthew and I. My friend Matthew. Who's been on the podcast before. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and expose yourself <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was... No, just leave it. Hanging. Just leave it there. Yeah, just just to it. be dissected at length. <laughs> so expose your length to Matthew. He's not going to appreciate this. Um, he's not going to hear this. Yeah, he might. He, he's a he's a fake fan, Look, you know. he once listened. He may listen I'm again. revoking his, his fan card. He used to be a fully paid-up member of the Art at Podcast Appreciation Club. How did he pay us? In love. <laughs> in brotherly love. Platonic brotherly him, love. I'm going to send him a link to this episode. You're, gonna, you're just going to tell him it's somewhere in, in there? In which we spend three hours talking about Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Matthew and I have been fans of the comedian Bo Burnham since he like before he was big like to go back to what you were doing with like yeah i like this before it was cool but, everybody does it yeah way back in the day when he was first uploading youtube videos and we followed his career for several years afterwards and then eventually one day matthew just called me about the blue and said bo burnham is doing a comedy gig at this event that is accessible to us do you want to go? And I was instantly like, yes, I'm so down for this. And so he told me that the tickets had only just gone on sale. So we both, still on the phone to each other, jumped to our respective laptops, went on the website, and we quickly bought tickets so that we could get, and we had like front row, center front row tickets. And it was a small venue as well. So, so you're going to be like right under his Yeah, nose. like I'm talking like five feet away. That just made me think of a story that I need to tell. Uh, you see how they chain yeah. together? It's like a daisy chain. It is. But oh, did you ever make those? Pointless stories. No, because I'm not a 1920s <laughs> hey, Dutch girl. Why do you have to be a girl? Why do you have to be Dutch? Why do you have to be Dutch? Why does it have to be the 1920s? Daisies exist now. Exactly. I After saying that, oh, did you ever make them? I actually wasn't able to make them. But I would sit with people making them when I was like a child. Like a child. <laughs> I was 31 I, at the time. I couldn't make them for some reason. I still had a child's mentality. Daisy mm. chains excited me. And you'd make like a little daisy chain bracelet or a little and give daisy it to your chain bow. necklace. Well, in my case, I think it was a, a, a 
my gay friend made them for me. Was this a romantic overture? The only reason why I mentioned that he was gay is because you said... Oh, I thought it was a female no, friend. Is because you were like, you were making them for your boy. Yeah, I see, and I I see was what like, you're saying. I was going to say a boy made them for me, but then... Then Which I was, is true. I'd get super aggro. What's his name? Where does he live? <laughs> I'll find him. Oh, I'll find him. His name was Ben. Ben Kenobi? No. I forget his surname. Okay. We wouldn't say it anyway. Yeah, that's true. So, back to the story. Back to the Bo Burnham. To the Ben Burnham. The Bun- <laughs> The Bunsen Burner. So, um, what? I'm just saying words that sounded like... Yeah, so we were super excited. Burner Turner. Turner and Hooch. Tina Turner. No, you you fucked it. You can only I go one it. way when you say Tina Turner. And if you don't know... You can say Tina from Bob's Burgers. No. Where, where do you go? What A bad place. Oh, okay. Oh, like wife beating. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> and I've apparently just exploded I'm your funny I'm not laughing bone. at the situation. Wow. I'm laughing at the fact that you just were like, oh, like wife beating. Because you're dancing around it, but everyone knows. <laughs> yes, except you. But I, I did know. You did, but you were too late. I, I really young. enjoy our postcards on the fridge. For the love woman, focus. <laughs> Bo Burnham. Yeah. So I was. we were super, super excited because we had the, literally the best tickets you can possibly get. Literally. Well, this in this case, I'm using it right. I know you are. That's why I said You said literally. it in a mocking voice. No, I said it in a... No, it is literal. <laughs> we do another three hours of the podcast and I never <laughs> finish the story. <laughs> Listen to part two. Yeah, part two of the the ten minute story. Just endless. Are any of our stories ten minutes? No, that's true. No, they're more like a hundred minutes each. That's true. So yeah, and it was months away. So, but it was a thing that we were continually excited about and talking about. And then eventually the day came. We went there. It was on. Weirdly, it was in like the theater of a nearby university. But oh. just like one of the rooms in the in the theater building. So, like I said, very small, very intimate room. And we get there. We got there early for some reason, even though we had tickets. And I forget what happened. I think maybe they had a something pinned up to the wall saying this. Or maybe... Jesus Christ, there's people in the stairwell and they're being so loud. Are you about to do a hacker? Because <laughs> it kind of looked like you were about to do a hacker. I was just making a noise of frustration. So, yeah, I, or may, I think maybe someone came around from the venue and told us this, but they basically said there is no front row anymore <laughs> because Bo Burnham asked for the stage to be extended and for the seats to be pushed back. So they basically cut off the first two rows, and we were obviously heartbroken. But we figured they would say, because they've been pushed back, we'll, you will be still in the front row. But what they actually said is, we're going to find you new seats at the back. Yeah. So we went from sitting in the perfect position to, they just gave us some random unfilled seats at like the, the 12th row. And at one point during his comedy routine, he looked down at the guy who was sitting in the center of the front row and like did a little bit of crowd work with him, like talked to him and like made some jokes and whatnot. And without having to look over at Matthew, I knew that we were both just digging our fingernails into our hands, making 
balled fists so tight that you're just crunching the bones to dust because we knew that that could have been us. But because Bo Burnham has to have a long stage, we got screwed out of it. And I'm still mad to this day. This makes me so angry. (laughs) I feel like if I had been there with you, I would have been on the fucking case. That's true. I would have been, excuse me, but I got tickets early so I could purposely get front row center tickets. And now you're saying that I'm going to be in the back row? Absolutely fuck off and then just sit down in the seats. Like, what are they going to do? Chain yourself to That them. is what I would have done. Like, I am not, like, I am not like that in real life, if that makes sense. Like, I am not someone who is, like, you know, I won't just, you know, yell at people. But if you are, like, giving, if I'm paying for a service, I will fight my way to what I have paid for. Yeah. Because it really makes me angry. And when you told me this story, I was just like, how in anyone's world does that make sense? That they, was it because, I think I said this to you, was it because people were already seated so they didn't want to tell the third row to yeah. move? I I honestly can't remember. It it was a long, you know, yeah. a long while back. Because I would imagine, like, that's the only way that that would have made sense in someone's brain. Everyone is already in their seats. Yeah, so now I could we maybe understand the it then. I don't think so, though, because like I said... Yeah, you said you weren't late. I distinctly remember that we got there early because we were so excited. And I don't... I, I can't remember any of the details beyond that. I feel like it must have been someone really dumb where their brain right. can't make that leap of like people well, no, are going to be we upset just, we just push everyone back yeah not we make the front go to the back <laughs> that that doesn't make any, yeah. se- any sense at all so yeah that's a a story that i think about sometimes because you are you are right when you say that you are very assertive and yeah. very you aren't going to take no guff yeah. when someone's trying to shortchange you whereas i'm the type of person i will speak up if I feel like there's something to be gained and like the situation can actually be resolved. But most of the time I just look at it and I'm like, I I don't think this is going to do any good. I'd rather Mm. just like move on and not let it, because if I try and fight back and argue the case and it still doesn't work out, then I'm just going to be sitting through the whole event mad and frustrated and bitter. But yeah, you are definitely, you know, I don't know what the right word is. Like assertive. Yeah. And I, I definitely admire that because Do, you're very, you jump in and you get it sorted. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I get like anxious about it. And like beforehand, I'm definitely like feeling shy or, and like nervous about it. But at the same time, as soon as someone fucks with how it's supposed to be, something switches in me Yeah. where I'm like, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. It's like when you get the wrong food order. I'm not just going to be like, all right, I'll just eat this. No, make it right. Like <laughs> you throw the plate at the waiter. No, I'm not going to like shout at you for getting it wrong. I'm just going to say, excuse me, this is not what I ordered. But so many people don't want to do that. Yeah. I feel like, like you've got to at least be able to do that. Yeah. It's If then they try and say, well, I don't know. Say, for instance, they were like, well, we haven't got any left now or whatever. 
I don't know. <laughs> then I'd be like, well, okay, I'm going to eat what you've given me and I want a refund. Like, I'm going to get some kind of, like, compensation. And I want a percentage this. of your business. <laughs> I want you to sign over 3% of your LLC. Um, Do you still have a good time, though? Even yeah, though it you was still a good back? show. I would imagine I, you could still see him as well. Since yeah, it, it really, room. I'm talking like there was maybe like 25 rows and it was in a small room. So it yeah. was all like pushed forward. And yeah, it was a good, we had a good time. It's good. But it did leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And that's the only thing you've been to, isn't it? Like More or less, yeah. You've never been to like gigs? Or... I've never been to a music event. I really kind of want to take you to a music event because they you want can to break be... my gig hymen because <laughs> <laughs> to get super graphic yeah, because they can be so amazing but i mean i used to like i said i would go to gigs that i didn't even know the name and enjoy it but actually seeing paramore recently only cemented for me the idea that i only want to go to gigs if i really love the person yeah. Um, so obviously I would only say let's go to something if you like really loved the the band right. or the singer or whatever. Um, anyway, you talking about like being right like down there in front of him. Why are you pointing up? I don't know, as that? if I'm the person. As if I've got a front row audience with God. No, as if I'm the person in in the front row and I'm looking up at the person. Oh, it wasn't like a raised stage. He, oh. It was... That's even worse yeah. then, because he would have been standing right in front of Exactly. Me. I went to see a singer, uh, like, I don't know, in 2010. Chris Brown. It, no, how dare you? <laughs> I know that you support him and all his activities, okay. right? Sure. I'm going to snippet that out. <laughs> Post it on, I don't know, send it straight to the police. Why would I get in trouble with the police? Because once they... <gasps> <laughs> did you have like a pang of anxiety like they're gonna come and arrest I me i did have like a pain you were imagining the handcuffs snapping <laughs> closed anyway go on i will so, i will zip yes, it from shut here the on fuck in up. wow <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna talk constantly <laughs> but go on i went to see a singer probably in a, like 2010 or sometime and it was a it was one of those like is where i saw mary lambert when you came in that time it's like a bar but they have a room in the bar where bands play in one of those type of situations. So it was a really small room with a, another bar at the back of the room and then a stage at the front of the room. And I guess because I was early, I was just like automatically we were like at the front. But in that situation, the stage is only raised like a foot. Right. And so they're not, it's not really raised. You're kind of standing in front of them. And I was right in front of the microphone. And at points, it's kind of uncomfortable because you make eye contact with this person <laughs> and you get caught up in the music. So you are kind of staring at them and they're like staring at you. And then it's like, uh. But also, this guy had like long, floppy hair. And he got really sweaty. Oh, no. And at one point, he's I, do like... I, do I want to know this? You're gonna. His sweat was, like, flinging around on us. Like, oh, good. So, for some people, that's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's sweated on me. Oh, my God. 
But if it was a Justin Bieber fan, they would jar it. <laughs> yeah. And sell it on eBay. But um But yes, yeah, so that was an That experience. would be uncomfortable. <laughs> it was weird. And this was when I wasn't this is back when I didn't really have confidence. I was very like shy and a wallflower, if you will. Like my self-esteem was like non-existent. And so I wasn't even really like dancing. And I say dancing, you don't really dance to this person's music, but you at least sway, you know? Sure. And I wasn't even swaying. It was Def Cab for Cutie, so was wasn't ba- it? <laughs> it was Transatlanticism. Hey. Is that the name of their album? I love that album. That's the only good album. I'm joking. That's not true. But I do love that album. I know nothing <laughs> about their music. So this is a complete shot in the dark. <laughs> but I wasn't even swaying, really. I was just kind of mostly still staring at this guy as his sweat drips onto me so it was very strange slash i was excited inside but not on the outside sure you have the most haunted look in your eye right now (laughs) like a war veteran telling their stories okay so we should probably move on to the last story and then we can finally get to the first topic can we under a topic in like so many podcasts yeah <clears throat> but this is the the podcast is going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be what you know? it's going to be. <clears throat> you got to look at it in a spiritual way. Sure. Whatever it is, that's valid, and that's worthwhile. Yes, that's true. Okay, give me this. <laughs> give me this. My so tummy just grumbled. It did. I told yeah. you to have a snack. I did have a but snack, but you never listened to me. But it's been more than an hour, which means that's my true. my. I'm, I'm renewed for more well, we're food. Gonna... I'm renewed for more food. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like a riddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't seem like you were going to laugh that much, but then it kicked in. The afterburner. It was like in. when you push your foot down on the pedal and it's like, and then you really push yeah. it down and it's like. And I know that because I've never That's driven a car. That's not the sound of a car pedal. <laughs> I mean, a car engine. A car pedal. A... It was like the sound of like. What's the sound of two car pedals touching? Yeah, I don't know. It's a riddle with no answer. Yeah. Anyway. It's a crap riddle. Yeah. We'll take a break after this for a few minutes because I need to pee. And you Why are you telling need a snack. them this? Because this is behind the scenes. This sure. is valuable. Okay. Everyone loves behind the scenes I stuff. I am going to snack on a snack. <laughs> just leave. Don't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just think you've gone mad. Don't explain it. Yeah. So this is valuable BTS, as BTS, they call it in man. the business. Okay. Give me the story. So, yeah, the other story we have to tell is how, when was this? Like a week ago. About a week ago. So I got up. And it was like 7 p.m. at night. On yeah, a, so on a weekday. Yeah. Or well, I thought it was the weekend. I thought it was like a Sunday. I don't think it was. I think it was because we were thinking there's not going to be anyone. No, it was just that it was 7. Oh, okay. Well. Because people who aren't British, their stuff might open late. But like here, once well, it's we're past getting, like. We're, we're yeah, okay. jumping ahead. Go ahead. Hold your water as I'm having to do because I need to pee. And it kind of relates to this story. Does it? So, well, hold your water. Yeah, that's true. In pails. Isn't that another name for buckets? Yes. I nailed it. I feel like I did. Did you nail it or did you have to ask me? That's true. I'm going to cut the question out. No, that's not really nailing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, at one point, I got up off the couch 
See, we tell everything in such much... Why can't you just say, I went to the toilet? I love this live criticism. of the couch and I took the six (laughs) steps that it takes me to get out of the room. And then, as I passed the front door... Stop. You're you're jumping into my story. How dare you? How very dare you? I do understand your point, but I'm also not going to heed it. I tell the story the way I want to tell it. If you don't like it, skip ahead. Two minutes to get to the good Two stuff. minutes or 20 minutes. That's true, yeah. Depends how many tangents we end up <laughs> plummeting into. So I got up. I think I was going to um, wash my hands or something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I believe it was a Thursday. It was the 23rd. The, the climate that day had been moderate. I had jam on my fingers. <laughs> jam on my fingers? I don't know. What kind of mucky pup Pulling am I? around to the jam. That's true. That was a callback. It was. That's what, in the comedy world, they call that a callback. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staring at you manically. A like lot of our biggest, jokes are just staring at each like other. the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> when he was like, I enjoy that. <laughs> we make so many visual jokes for a podcast. We really need to do a video yeah. podcast one day. No, because we wouldn't be like this if we did video. We'd be all self-conscious. We finally do a video podcast and we're just... Stony face, <laughs> stony face. So, hello, Samantha. Hello, Ryan. Tell me the data. <laughs> Tell me the data. Give me the data. Give me the data. Tell me the story. Anyway, I forget why I got up. Oh, I think <laughs> what, <laughs> if you keep tripping me up at this first hurdle, we're never going to finish the race. It doesn't matter why you got up. I I realize now that I got up because <laughs> I heard a dripping, and sometimes yeah, we did. do leave the taps on. Dripping no, in the we bathroom. don't leave the taps on. Our taps are weird. You turn them and it stops you from turning. You can't turn it anymore. But the tap still drips a bit sometimes. Yeah, you have to really so you crank really it gotta turn it. So I figured that we'd left the tap on. And I went into the bathroom and I checked the sink tap. They weren't dripping. I checked the shower. It wasn't dripping. And I checked the taps on the bath and it wasn't dripping. And so I came back into the hallway very confused because I was standing there just listening. And there was like a loud and dripping. I, it wasn't loud. It was quite muted, but I could distinctly hear the sound of water dripping or kind you of... You would hear drops. Like the, the tinkle of yeah. water, like drops hitting something. And so I thought I was going insane. Like, <laughs> I, am I the only one who can hear this? So I quickly came in and said to you, I can hear something. I don't know what it is. Like, is there a tap going on? And then I opened our front door and looked into our apartment building's hallway. And there was just water <laughs> flowing down the walls and through the carpet. Like, I mean flowing, like a torrent of water. Yeah, through the ceiling, yeah. above, next door, opposite our... Yeah, like that's... across the hallway from yeah. us, not on top of us. But thankfully. it didn't quite reach our door, yeah. thankfully. But it was streaming down the walls through the carpet and presumably going to the the floor beneath us and so i i couldn't believe it i yeah. thought i was having like some kind of hallucination i just quickly said to you like because it was clear it was coming from upstairs apartment upstairs opposite us and i just said to you go up and knock because i was like <laughs> half dressed and so i was just like go up and knock and you ran up the stairs i was just in pajamas yeah but so yeah i quickly sprinted up the stairs and i as soon as I got upstairs, you could you could clearly see it was this apartment because water was just flooding out from underneath their door. What were you thinking that happened? Well, 
I wasn't thinking anything, but I knew that I had to knock on the door because someone could have fallen asleep in the bath. I had visions of someone being dead in the bath. Yeah, That's someone what I had like, visions of. Some, some accident could have happened and like, you know, yeah. you need to know that someone is there. He's not, yeah. They realise what's going on. They're trying to sort it out. They're not unconscious on the bathroom floor. Yeah. So I, not, I quickly rapped on the door. A second later, this woman opens the door in a bathrobe and she's on her phone. And she says to me like, oh, you know, I know, I know, like I'm, I'm trying to get it fixed. The boiler exploded. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, it, it's, it, You I let understand. her know that you just wanted to know she knew, she was in and she knew about yeah, it. Yeah, I said to Not her, that you were like I wasn't... knocking on the door to get her to stop <laughs> dripping water everywhere. Can you turn that water off, love? Do you not realise <laughs> it's coming out on the hallway? <laughs> Yeah, I just told her, like, I just needed to, I wanted to check that someone was aware. And then she basically said to me, the boiler has exploded. exploded yeah. Do Americans know what boilers are? Is there yeah. a different word? Um, water tank, heater? Water heater, yeah, yeah, maybe. And, yeah, so I came back down to you. And then for the next couple of hours. Do Americans know what a boiler is? Because it sounds like a very British word. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, it's not what Americans call it, but. So As I if Americans right. are the only people that count. Well, we have a lot of American yeah, listeners. <laughs> I say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he just means a majority of what we have. I think we're, we're apparently in the last week or so we're big in San Francisco specifically yeah. because we've had like hundreds of listens just from there. Well, it's so, the same person constantly going back to the page. To possibly. Like, or someone has printed out flyers of our podcast. Yeah, and just you think so? Stapling it to telephone poles. Yeah, in your dreams. I, I don't dream about I dream well. much bigger than that, believe me. <laughs> not looking to just get big in some San Francisco. Well, what year are you in that people are printing off flyers and stapling them people to People still poles? do that. You see that all the time. Uh, Especially in London. In like a graffiti way, not like a let's staple posters to a So thing. you don't ever see posters stapled for like music events? Yeah, you do, but... Yeah, I love right, this backtracking. Okay, continue. I love this begrudging backtracking. <laughs> So yeah, for the next couple of hours, we basically heard this drama unfold in the hallway. Not that we were standing there listening, you could just hear it. Yeah. And the water continued to flow for at least another hour. And we would check every, like, I would, uh, in the beginning, I was checking every few minutes to make sure the water wasn't, because it was getting closer and closer to our door. Right. Um, And obviously I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> You were also very freaked out about the idea that it could come through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. That's but, what I was looking for, to see if the line of water along the ceiling was coming closer and closer to our door, not the bit on the floor yeah. was coming closer. We're very closer. lucky that it, you know, this <clears throat> yeah. is kind of weird to say, I'm lucky it happened to someone yeah. else. But I felt very bad for this woman. Yeah, I did as well. Because I heard every so often I would hear someone come out of their apartment and go and speak to her. And she'd have to be like, I know, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to them right now, I'm trying to get someone out. And that's why we mentioned it was 7pm. Because, I mean, you can get an emergency plumber up until a certain point. But if this had happened, like, you know, midnight, yeah. this woman is thoroughly fucked because no one is coming out and judging by the amount of water that was coming through this is going to cause some serious Mm. water damage so yeah that was strange and then people she apparently deputized one of our neighbors to come knocking for towels no that's not what she knocked for oh yeah i heard but i did her yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just making random syllables. You her her. I her her. And then I her her her. And I said ha ha ha. And she could her her too. Yeah. Everybody hurts. My tummy is really grumbling and I need to pee now. Okay. Just I will so wrap that this, you all know. I will wrap this story up. So yeah, but I guess there isn't anything to wrap up. So I guess she eventually... No, she came and knocked on the door to ask us to if we knew how to turn the water to her apartment off. Yeah. But we didn't. Yeah. And yeah, after a while, the water just, I guess you ran, you know, the water mm. ran out. Didn't you hear like... Yeah, the other day... say something to her? Like, oh, yeah. It's not my problem. Yeah, like. I heard like some guy like speaking to her in a raised voice. And I couldn't, because I'm just standing by the door, kind of surreptitiously eavesdropping. eavesdropping. Yeah, I couldn't make it out fully. But it sounded he like he was saying in kind of an aggressive way, like, it's not my problem. You need to sort it out. And I was kind of like, what a fucking dick move to say yeah. to this. Like, she didn't choose to have her boiler yeah. explode. This is like the worst day of her life. All of her apartment is going to be waterlogged yeah. and damaged. She's going to probably have to pay like a bunch of money for repairs. And you're, you know, you're talking to her in this douchebag way. Um, and then the other day I did hear some fitters coming up the stairs with a new boiler. Yeah. So anyway, but it does kind of remind me, <laughs> talking of just jumping from story to story. One time when I was, um, I'm so bad at remembering how old I was when things happened. I want to say I was maybe like 13. I, and this is when I still lived in my, my family home. I was running a bath for myself and I must have been really tired. And because the bathtub in my in my old house would, would fill up quite slowly, I went and just like lay down on the bed. My plan was just to lay down for a minute to rest my, my weary bones. At 13. Yeah. <laughs> I had all the troubles of the world yeah. upon my shoulders. And then I was going to go and turn it off. But I guess I just quickly dozed off. Yeah. And so I woke up like 10 minutes later and I sprinted like breakneck speed right up to the bathroom door and there was just water like flooding out from the bathroom door all into the hallway i waded in because it was like ankle deep water i waded in quickly turned the taps off and i went downstairs to the to the hallway underneath the upstairs hallway and the water was coming through the light fixtures while the lights were on I felt like I was about to get electrocuted. Was this the house that I went to? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. I, you have that moment when you see water coming through and on. That's when you know it's bad yeah. when it's coming through. You know that, at least to some extent, electricity and water are in close proximity, if not actually intermingled. That's what I was saying to you about the water the other day. It was coming out around the light in the hallway. Yeah. And I, we have one of those lights where when you go into the hallway, it turns on. Yeah. Because it's like a sensor. But there's nowhere to turn it, to off. Turn it off. So I was worried that we were gonna there was going to be some kind of like fire. Yeah. But I was just really concerned it's about really the whole thing. It's really not what you want, to say the least. So yeah, that's the story. Yeah. God, isn't it weird that people fall asleep in the bath, like genuinely fall asleep? That's so crazy to me. God. I mean, this is my question. If you fall asleep in the bath and you start to inhale water, your body does like kick you back awake, right? Well, obviously it doesn't always happen, but I think that is usually probably what happens. Because 
I'm assuming as soon as your head goes into the water, you'd wake up. Yeah. But it might be that you're in such a deep sleep. Because doesn't it only take like three seconds to drown or something? Don't they say like it can happen really Are you quickly? thinking of it only takes three inches of water to drown in? Oh, yeah, probably. Three <laughs> seconds. If you if you could drown in three seconds, we'd be fucked as a species. No, but three seconds. You take a oh, shower yeah. and drown. That sounds stupid. I can't remember I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know, I'm not taking it out. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, my God, you got to take it out. I don't know why I did that voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of these valley girls. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I also feel like if you're even remotely tired, you shouldn't be having a bath. That's probably true, yeah. But that's probably when you most want to have a bath, so you can kind of soak Having a bath doesn't wake me up. No, but I mean, like, you're so exhausted and you're so weary that you just want to lie there and luxuriate. I do only have baths if, like, I'm tired. Yeah, not tired, but, like... You just don't have the energy yeah. to like shower, but you need to shower, so you have a bath instead. But um, I tend to also have a bath when, have baths when I'm really depressed, which is probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that is when I tend to want to have a bath. Baths zonk me. They make me really tired and hot, and just. I guess it's good if it's the end of the day and you're setting yourself to, up to go to sleep, but it. I can't imagine it means something good before you go to like work or something because it would just yeah shower is more it kind of wakes you gets up you ready like, for the day. Whereas, what are we talking about? This is yeah. so now boring. that we've My delineated God. our bathing preferences, this would be a good point for us to stop. So I'm gonna hit pause. Pause. <laughs> you gonna do it? I no, thought you were gonna do I'm it. I'm not gonna do it. What is wrong with you? We're back. I just had two snacks. Sure. They were yummy. You've made this joke now twice. It's not a joke. I'm it just saying a, I just had two a, snacks. Not a double entendre, <laughs> but it, you're making a pun on the fact that the thing is called snack. I wasn't making a joke. I was just saying I just had two snacks and it feels real good in my tum. Sure. That's all I was going to say. It feels really good to not need to pee. Yeah. I have... That's why they call it relieving yourself. I wish I knew what it felt to be a boy holding his pee. Why do you... Of all the things you could possibly want to experience, <laughs> why this, would that be high up on the list? Well, by me saying that, I'm not saying that's the only thing I want to experience. I'm just saying I want to know what that's like. Some people want to climb Everest. No. Some people want to get married. Some people want to become famous pop stars. You want to know what it's like to have a penis what and a need to urinate. list of things. No, by me saying I want to feel what that's like, I'm not saying I don't want to do all the other things. I'm just saying I want to do that also. Because when you're a woman and you're holding your pee, you're essentially just closing your legs. You're tightening that area by, like, pushing your thighs together and then, like, quenching, quenching? Quenching the first of your your muscles. (laughs) Toilet. But I don't know what you're doing as a boy because you think your penis is outside your body. Yeah, but I'm pretty, like, male... Let me start this sentence again because it kind of got away from me. (laughs) I'm being completely frank. Both men and women have Kegel muscles, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you're, you're tensing them regardless of your sex when you're trying to keep the pee in. But your Kegel muscles are not where the pee comes from. 
Yeah, but when you like bear down, I know what you mean though. When you tighten everything, you automatically are kind of doing Kegel strengthening muscles. That's not what <laughs> I know you what are, you mean. You are doing Kegel exercises yeah. essentially. Yeah, I don't know then. But you're really not. That's not the area where you pee. From. What do? You, what are you doing when you? This is such a gross conversation. <laughs> Maybe we should cease and desist. I know that like you see little kids, they hold the end of their penis, but I think that's because their brain. I can't believe you just said thinks that. that holding it will stop. You know it when you see little out? kids and what they do with their penises. No, I mean, no, I don't. I, saw- I would like to say for the record <laughs> that that has nothing to do with me. I'm uninvolved. <laughs> I have no criminal liability to this story and its implications. I mean. When I myself was a little kid and I saw other little kids, that's what I meant. Okay. But that didn't quite come out Chris like Hansen comes through the door. <laughs> Take a seat over there if you would. <clears throat> yeah, I know what you mean. It, I, I, I... Does sunk... putting your penis through your legs help you hold a pee? What do you mean through my legs? Like between your legs? No. I don't even know how I would do that. You don't know how to put your penis between your legs? Yeah, I yeah, I guess I can imagine the biomechanics of doing that, but that has nothing to do with how how because the pee's not there yet. It's not in the willy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, talking of <laughs> reversions to childhood, <laughs> our American listeners are going to be so confused. <laughs> For the American release of this podcast, I'll dub in you saying wiener. No, Willie's funny. So that they know. Yeah, I don't... We've talked about this for way too long. But as a boy, you literally just... You just hold it. Like, I'm I'm, I'm like... I'm making a motion of like... You just clench. Tenching. Tenching. Tenching? I said quenching, so... (laughs) Yeah, you just tense. And you can... Like, I... I feel like I can pretty much hold my... This is a weird thing to say, but... I was going to say indefinitely, which is definitely not true. But I feel like I can hold my pee for a long time if I need to. I think I can hold it for quite a while. But I do that thing where sometimes you don't realise you need to pee until you stand up. (laughs) Right. And then when I stand up, I need to pee. Yeah. Like, I have to get to the toilet immediately. There's like a 10 second countdown. But that's because I've actually needed to pee for probably two hours and haven't realised it because I've been watching a movie or something. Kind of pushing it down in your mind. Yeah, I, see, I, you, there are people, sometimes you like, you'll be with a friend and when they say the they need to pee. Nice. What? <laughs> it smells of blueberries. You're smelling your hair right now and commenting on it? It smells, it smells really nice. It smells like bloobs? Like bloobs. Cute little bloobs. Li- little blue bloobs. That, yeah, that's true. Okay, go on, sorry. My point was just that, you know, sometimes... People, when they need to pee, they, like, need to pee. Like, when you're out. That's like my mum. She pees every, like, 15 minutes. But that's, like, women when they get older, right? That's, like, a common... <laughs> Sorry, mum. Not older as... You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Your mum's no, not yeah. 21. Yeah. No, it is that, I think. That, that is yeah. what exactly But what my, is. my point is, some people, I think, it just varies. Like... Some people, as soon like the next toilet they go oh, past, I feel bad now. or the next opportunity to pee, they will because they have to. Yeah. Whereas if I need to pee, I don't mind like missing a couple of opportunities to pee if I'm not comfortable with going to this grotty public bathroom. I'm okay holding it until I get to somewhere. I'm like that. If I'm out, I will just 
hold it as long as I can because I don't... It's not necessarily just because the toilets are probably going to be shit, but <clears throat> it's also the inconvenience. I, I just... The inconvenience of it when I'm out. I'm already anxious and flustered and maybe hot and I have lots of layers on and I have like a bag and maybe I've got shopping bags and it's just I don't want to go through the inconvenience of that. How crazy is it that in London they charge you? Yeah, and then I was going to say, and when in when you, I was in London, it's even worse because you have to pay. And I know that it's ranging from like 10p to 50p. It's not a king's ransom. But still, I don't want to spend 50p on like It's almost the, the principle of the thing. Yeah. Especially in places like, I feel like it's always train stations. I don't understand why they're charging you in a train station. I understand charging you for a public toilet that's just a toilet. Yeah, just like on the street. Yeah, because the per... But... <laughs> <laughs> Every so often we're comedically yeah. punctuated by a scream or a shriek from upstairs. Yeah. That's what the sound is just made sound like. Um, not that making fun if, of the guy. If our upstairs- wouldn't it be funny if our upstairs neighbours were listeners to the podcast and they, <laughs> they hear this part? Yeah, it would be funny. <laughs> that would be very meta. That would be like winning the lottery. I don't even know what they look like. Probabilistically. Not that we're mean neighbours, but like I feel like our neighbours are always changing. Why did you say not that we're... We- not that Because I said I don't know what they look like. I don't want it to seem like we're unfriendly people. No, but there's a lot of people who live in this apartment building. Also... I feel like because I go out very rarely, most of the time when I go out and come back in, I don't cross paths with anyone. Yeah, because you're only in the hallway for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And I'm not going out the same time as everyone else. I'm not going out to do a nine to five job. I'm not, yeah. Everyone else is coming and going at the same at this, time. Yeah, the same. And I'm not. Range of time. Anyway. But, well, yeah, like you said, we're not standoffish or unfriendly. I if I pass hello. a neighbor, I'm going to nod and say, hey. Oh, it really makes me miss George. Oh my god. What? Why? Because he was so nice. Do you want to explain? Okay, so I can't when... believe you've gotten here from P, but go on. <laughs> when we lived in London in our second apartment, we lived <laughs> And by that we don't mean we own two apartments because no, we are yeah. mega wealthy. We lived there for a year and then the people who owned our apartment were selling the apartment so we had to move. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. <clears throat> And a year is such a short time to live somewhere. Also, moving in London is Sucks. expensive Sucks. because the estate agent's fees, the moving costs, the new deposit you have to pay, yeah. it is crazy expensive. When you move like here, you pay like a small fee, but because rent is so low, rent and a deposit is less than rent in London. Yeah. So think about a rent, a deposit, which is usually rent plus money yeah so you're paying two months rent and a bit more so it's a lot of money and they have to because they have to be out by a certain date you have to then find a flat that's available by they have to overlap yeah you have to mesh so you them. might even pay more than like a month's rent but not actually get to live there yeah. that month anyway so <laughs> we, <laughs> you explain the so dynamics the, yeah, of renting I an know. apartment so the second flat that we lived in that we lived for two years it had a doorman because there were a, because it was in the center it was an apartment building where half the flats were like people rented them out as hotels so a lot Not of hotel like, you know what i mean basically I had the sense it was that, like an Airbnb. Yeah, it was like Airbnb, but before Airbnb yeah, yeah. became huge. Yeah. So 
a lot of people coming and going were just staying for a couple of days or a week or two weeks. So there was a man there, concierge, who checked them in and out, but he also did other things, like he would do maintenance sometimes and etc. So he was there like all day, every day, pretty much. And he was super fucking friendly to me, like not in a creepy way, in wow. a really nice. Now that you mention it, no, he was not actually. Towards the end, yes. he, he did say some stuff, but like up until then, <laughs> you can't just leave that. I will get to it. For the ninety-five percent, he was like very friendly and nice. He helped me out with a few things that he didn't need to be helping me out with, and he was just again that nice. sounds. It does, but it wasn't. No, Like he a was... euphemism for he... sexual favours. No, stop. He always said hello to me. He was just lovely. And he had a cute little wife as well who was sometimes there, and she was nice as well. I'm not going to say the thing that happened at the end because I don't want to say bad <laughs> things about George. He wasn't being a creep. He it was just being was a little a bit, bit flirty. It just was a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But it was just before we moved You see, anyway. George was always very... He didn't like you. <laughs> he was very conspicuous. <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> he was waiting for me to fall off a cliff so yeah. he could make a move. No. Yeah, but he was very conspicuously nice to you. And I, I mean, he never did anything because, you know, then we would have had problems, me and George. I feel like you're painting him in a bad way. No, light. but I, he was cold to me. Like, he would, he would kind but of... But you were cold to him. No. I absolutely refuse this characterization. Okay. This is the types of people that we are. When I walk into a place, I look at a person and I smile with my brightest smile and I say, oh, hi, how are you? And then I keep walking. That's what people do. You either don't smile or you do like the smallest smile ever. Okay. And I'm just saying to some problem? people, that's cold. No, what it really is, is I don't always say hello, mm. which if you're coming in and out of your apartment building like six times in a day, to me, it feels weird and awkward to look at the same person and keep just saying hello. Yeah. So sometimes I would come in and if he was busy with other stuff or he's talking to someone or he's not looking at me, I'm not always going to nod and say hello. Like if the opportunity arises and it, it's appropriate, then I will. But, but I didn't do that either. Like, if I'd already said hello and maybe even had a conversation with him and then I left and then I came back and then maybe left again to go to look at the shop or something, I didn't stop and speak to him every single time. Uh, yeah. So I, d I don't know. But whenever he would... I just always got this strange coldness from him whenever I would have... Like, I never, like conversed with him yeah. it might also just be because you didn't converse with him and he took that as yeah. like but i always he would say hi to me and whatnot but i always got the sense that he not that he actively disliked me but he was very kind of like whatever yeah like you know but you as as we've talked about before maybe not on the podcast <clears throat> i've i say this often you are a very approachable person like in the way you look and in the way that you just like conduct yourself Whereas I feel like without meaning to or intending to, I'm not very approachable yeah. because I don't like... You don't make eye contact, that's why. Yeah, that, well, that's for a reason. But well, that's not really true anymore. That was true much more when I was younger. But now I just don't instinctively make eye contact and smile like you do. Yeah. And so, and I also have the... I feel like my resting face is like neutral to like standoffish. 
Whereas yeah, your resting aloof. face, you're aloof. That's a little the best bit. way to explain. Whereas it. you, you're you are like you know you look friendly. Also, I think my automatic thing is just to like smile and say hello because I feel like. I'm making it awkward if I don't. Sure. And then that in turn makes me uncomfortable. So I would rather do the thing that people expect you to do so that it's not weird. You know what the other thing is as well? You kind of alluded to it earlier. I feel like when I smile, because I don't do like a big toothy smile. Yeah. When I, when I naturally smile, and like even when I'm laughing hysterically about stuff, sometimes my mouth doesn't open wide enough to yeah, show my teeth. Yeah, you're right. You're not like a, te- like a toothy... I, I just smile. Yeah. And so sometimes when I'm just... It's like a low-key smile. Unless you know me well like you... You think you want to You may not even register that I'm smiling. Yeah. And that, I think, works against me because people don't realize that... Like, if I'm having an interaction with someone I don't know... I will try and like you know smile a little bit. You try and exaggerate things a bit because I know that they may not pick up on it otherwise, and I don't want them to think that I'm coming up to them with like yeah, you know. Like I can tell when you're smiling, something's fun for you, and like I love it when you laugh. But you're right, you even your laughs aren't that kind of. I laugh, and you can see the back of my throat. Like my my mouth is wide. You can see all my teeth. I'm a very like. I'm a cackler. You're more. You're of actually like, not. You you have several laughs. One of which can be described as remotely cackly. <laughs> yeah, but but it, I'm very like like animated and everything's boisterous. exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yours yours are subtle. Even when something's <laughs> really funny, it's subtle because you do this thing where it's like you're trying to hold the laugh in, and the <laughs> laugh is trying to get out. That's what you yeah. do, and it's really adorable. It takes a lot for me to like. You know when you're like hugging your ribs, yeah. you're laughing so hard, and your head is thrown back, and you're just like in the laugh, like it has consumed you. It's, it takes a lot for me. I mean, often, God, I feel like anyone who listens to podcast knows when you're like just on the bus or on the tube, and you're listening to a really funny podcast, and you just can't help but laugh out loud. And then you look around and everyone's looking at you like a crazy person. It is kind of funny when I'll just be sitting here doing whatever and you just burst out laughing yeah. at like a podcast or something. It's funny. It's cute. I, I, like said, it. I said to you the other day, and this is 100% true. There are some podcasts I listen to where I can't believe how good and how funny they are. Where the people on them are so quick-witted and so clever and so funny. They are this like... 45 minute podcast is literally funnier than any stand-up special yeah. i've ever seen in my life and it's released for free and it's probably been listened to by like two thousand people it's pretty crazy it just blows my mind because people talking regular talking is usually always going to be funnier than a joke someone can just can try yeah. to come up with it's like i know that guy was talking about how he's like certain kind of funny where he'll always be the funniest among his friends yeah whereas like other people are like funny at stand-up like performance funny yeah yeah it is a different type the other i mean the other thing is when you listen to a podcast you're in a sense although obviously you're not but it kind of feels like you're the invisible third person in the conversation so you almost kind of 
quasi feel like you're a part of the conversation so it affects you more. And we're not really doing anything that we wouldn't be doing normally. We are talking like we yeah. talk. We make jokes like we make jokes. We go on go on tangents yeah. like we go on tangents. So you are... It's as if the listener right now is sitting here on the couch with yeah. us. And that's... It affects you in a different way. Like, mm. it, it can be a lot more captivating. But the thing I was going to say is, do you remember we had that conversation... I forget when it was a couple of weeks back where we were talking about specifically like sometimes you'll be reading reddit comments <laughs> and a comment will be so good oh yeah like someone will make a joke that is like so clever so multi-layered yeah. and so perfect and it's it's so good and it's so funny and you you look at it and you realize that five people are going to read this comment yeah. well, no. and it's literally better than anything yeah mainstream comedians have ever tweeted but then i also like it when someone writes a comment and the next person follows it up. like yeah. they, they they start to make a joke within themselves and the next person follows it on and follows it on and it just becomes this thread of like it just jokes keeps, yeah like it's just it's like a mind like meld jokes but like funny things it is like a mind meld there's and something it's just so satisfying fascinating about, about yeah. the way people can just even though they're just usernames on a computer screen they can kind of like sync up their like yeah. comedic energy and that there's something about that that is very it's just very cool to see i hate it when someone comes along and ruins it oh, it's like come on dude God. we know you're 14 and you think it's really funny to just like yeah. ruin stuff <laughs> but yeah I, f I forget what we were talking about we P originally started with we P. About. And then we were talking about George. How did we get... Were you talking about going back to the apartment to P? Is that where you brought up George? No, I was talking about having a doorman. Why oh. would that... Did that come up? No. <laughs> For a second, you had... It, it flipped past you. But nothing happened in my brain when yeah. I went... <gasps> nothing it's happened. It's almost like you anticipated yeah. catching on to that conversational thread. It's making me really sad now, thinking about... Like, what? I loved our apartment in London. Yeah, let's not dwell too much on that. God, you could just see out into the city as well. It was right <sighs> there. We, li I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just such a perfect place because you come out of the apartment, you walk up the road, you walk up a little bit up another road, and I would go past this every day when I would walk to university, and you go past, like, four different skyscrapers Mas the, the buildings yeah. you the go gherkin, past the gherkin the cheese grater the walkie-talkies walkie right there you can see the shard across the river like we <clears> literally <throat> lived like 30 seconds from the skyscrapers that make up london cityscape and if you go in the other direction just for 30 seconds tower bridge yeah so it, it was all there it was a crazy place to live as yeah. you know I don't know where I was going with that. I well, know. I was a student. As aliens? You don't usually like, student. It wasn't student accommodation, but no, as a student, people aren't usually like. As a student, I had this amazing place I lived. It's usually yeah. I lived in this dingy yeah. box room. We were very lucky that had cockroaches and mold. Ew. We were very lucky. We were. Anyway, about pee. To bring it back all the way. It's nutritional. I don't know how to respond to that. Just move past it. I don't think it is nutritional. It is. I think Bear Grylls says so. 
But he also stays in hotels when he says he's camping out in the wilderness. Does he really? Yeah, there was a, a scandal a while back where it turned out that he stayed in like a luxury hotel while he was like supposed to be like, you know. But supposed to be like what? Like. I think the idea is he what in. Was he filming a TV show? Yeah. He was supposed it to be wasn't just Bear Grylls one time stayed at a hotel. <laughs> well, it was. He was. These are the things I want to know. He was posturing as if he was. Or maybe it was implied. It's been a long time since I read this news story. I'm going to look it up later. But I think it was implied in the show that he was like sleeping rough, like in the wilderness. Yeah. But what was actually happening was they were driving him back to a hotel at night. Wow. And people saw this as kind of inauthentic. Yeah. Not that you could watch a Bear Grylls show and think that this is anything but Hollywood fluff. Yeah. I have never actually watched a Bear Grylls show, but I remember seeing it like a clip of one where he's teaching them how to give themselves pee enemas. I don't <clears throat> have any words. Yeah. Should we move on to our topic? I wanted to say one more thing. I've, About pee? Yes, I've been waiting to Jesus say this Christ. since the start of the conversation. When we were talking about... Since the start of time. <laughs> <laughs> since I was born. I came out with these words on my since lips. Since I met you, I've been trying yeah. to like... Um, when we were talking about trying to find somewhere to pee, it reminded me how weird it is. You know, some places where they have... Was it in London? Yes, it was. By Liverpool Street Station, do you remember? Mm -hmm. They had those urinals that raised uh, up from the ground just in the middle of the remember, path. And you didn't believe me. I didn't, know because it seemed too up. crazy. <clears throat> I was like, that's always there but sometimes it's in the ground and you were like what no it's not they bring it they bring it here and i'm like <laughs> they don't bring it here it's in the ground how crazy is that though you <clears throat> didn't have... you say when you went to amsterdam though there were like urinals along the wall yeah like in just throughout the day just at the side of the pavement there would be these groupings of urinals and you'd see guys just pe like turning their backs to the people walking <laughs> like streaming past them and just peeing because at least the ones in London only came out at night. Yeah. And also, I think maybe only on the weekend. Like, I don't even think it was a... I mean, maybe it was every evening. But, yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah, it is. It's better than, you know... Because they piss... Well, you know. we're going into the obnoxious things that drunk people do uh, in a moment. Well, I say in a moment, we're doing it now. Because yeah. I need to move Let's this move along. Let's move on to them. Because we've spoken for, like, two and a half hours without About getting pee. to the first topic. <clears throat> About pee? What? I don't know. Maybe. I'm still hung up on you saying pee is nutritional. I mean, it might be. What do you mean it might be? Because Anything in might it be. It's all the stuff you've ingested. No, it's not. Why would you think that? <laughs> What's pee made up of? It's just like water and something called urea. I want to say. Which that doesn't is, explain what's in it. Yeah, it's just like it's waste. Should we look up is pee nutritional? No, I feel like they will put you on a watch list for Googling that. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes. If you're on a watch list? Yeah. Probably, but a, a good watch list. A good watch list. Like mega Paramore fans. Yeah. You've been compiled under that heading. Come on, topic okay. meal. So the, the first topic, and of course the only topic, because <laughs> of how long we've already gone. I meant to bring this up on the um, the previous podcast, but we, if you can believe it, rambled on too long about going to paris it's, is it too long though when you're talking yeah, about paris it was the perfect amount it was the goldilocks zone yeah. of podcast duration so this i saw this link to on the la times 
And the headline is Smoking, Drinking, and Drug Abuse Decline Among U.S. Teens. And this is basically reporting on a survey that's done every year. And it's like 50,000 middle schoolers and high schoolers. And then they've been doing it for decades to kind of chart and look at the trends of these different things. And one of the things they ask is your alcohol usage, your opinion on cigarettes, how often you smoke, if you do at all, that type of thing. And other stuff like drugs and whatnot. I don't know if they ask other types of questions. It doesn't mention this in the article, but maybe they do. But they've been doing this for decades and decades, so it's like a good source of data on this. And the most recent one they did not only has alcohol and cigarette use been steadily declining for the last decades, but it's currently at its lowest ever point. And I saw this and I was quite heartened, to be honest, because it's just so crazy to me that once upon a time, everyone smoked, like it seems like. Do you remember that? No. I do. Because... I mean, I know they say, (laughs) (laughs) I know they say like in the 1930s, they didn't know. They didn't know all of these long-term health effects and diseases and whatnot that would come with smoking and binge drinking. But at the same time, they they must have had some inkling that inhaling smoke was not good for the lungs. Your lungs are not supposed to inhale smoke. So even if they didn't know even if it hadn't been fully mapped out how this would ruin your body, they must have known that it wasn't, it's not optimal for you to respirate with smoke. But they don't, ha- but there's nothing to tell them that it's bad smoke. It's just air. Isn't there's no it? good smoke. No, but it's just air. But it's not. It's smoke. It's burnt no, I know, but, matter. But, yeah, that's true. But they must think people have been lighting fires all this time and they haven't oh, died from it. You like, think maybe that's what they said? That's maybe what they thought. I can that see it was. someone saying that in like the 1920s. Like, if you don't know that, like, like the tar. You and take the... your family and you sit them around a campfire exactly. and no one's ever got sick from that. Exactly. So smoke these lucky strikes. And chimneys uh, at one time or another yeah, were very true. popular. So. That's interesting. And you were there saying my air thing was silly. <laughs> well, but when you don't yeah. know, you're tra- you're teaching people from scratch. You've got to That's think, true. I, I don't know about this. What's the simplest thing to think that it's making me do? It's, I'm just inhaling dirty air or whatever. But Well, there's, as everyone knows, the cigarette companies did actively conspire to not only make the public believe that these weren't harmful, but there's even like crazy advertising yeah. posters from back in the day where it'll be like, your doctor recommends that you smoke these hearty menthol cigarettes. They touch on this in Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's easy to understand how people were misled for so long. When I was young, um, from when I can remember, smoking was like re- very common. Um my whole family smoked pretty much my mom smoked my dad smoked all my uncles smoked um you'd see the parents at school smoking like outside the gates i'm sure now that's really frowned upon if you if teachers see parents smoking like by the the school gates or whatever but it was normal to do it inside the school gates i'm probably sure then um and also 
I mean, I know that like the law for um, smoking in public places has been a while now, but I'm pretty sure before then it was like frowned upon to smoke in certain places. Like only very recently. I no, think. I know that's what I'm saying. But before that, people were smoking in everywhere. You know how crazy is it? Sorry to cut you off, but how crazy is it that people? I think even still, but definitely at the time when there was this raging debate about that. But people really took the stance of, oh my God, you're trying to ban us smoking in restaurants and and buses and in bars and whatever. This is overbearing authoritarianism from the state. This is (laughs) disgusting, despicable nanny statism. Meanwhile, you're in an enclosed space with people, potentially even children. Secondhand smoke is. Yeah, of course. You are literally blowing out carcinogenic smoke into an enclosed space which you know for a fact because this is just how the world works the other people around you are inhaling and you're complaining now that you can't do that i mean it actually boggles the mind i didn't think this then obviously but i think it now and obviously when i got like older um that like people who smoke around their kids that's really bad there's almost no words when you think about a parent in a car with their kids. That's illegal now, isn't it? I hope so. You can't smoke and drive. I mean, I just, I can't imagine the mindset of someone who does that and, uh, and doesn't even. It's, it was so normal though. That's, yeah. You know, like I, when I was little, um, my, my dad would be like, go and get me a cigarette from your mom. And it'd be lit, so... All the way, it's emitting smoke. Yeah. And a couple of times, I was only like seven or something, I between going from downstairs or upstairs or whatever, I tried to like... I didn't know, yeah, because but I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know you had to like suck. So I would just kind of like... You know, you're making the cutest little goldfish noises of your mouth <laughs> you, opening and closing. You just put it between your lips, and by the time you put it between the lips, the smoke from the end of the cigarette has got in your eyes, and you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, and to do that at seven, though, yeah. like it's probably good you didn't know how to inhale. Might have even been younger than that. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and so, but my dad was like a fuck, you know. Sure. But anyway, and then and then I would like you know when you play you you play as a child i would get pencils and like pretend to smoke and like my brother always said to me when i was little you're gonna smoke i just know you're gonna end up smoking and then i did and when i first i feel like this is relevant to the conversation we're having not to bring her back to me but you know i do like it's not like a conversational monitor standing over there with a whip in case we get too far (laughs) off topic i do enjoy talking about myself though i'm not gonna lie um yeah and then when I got to about senior school, which is like 11 to 12, I started smoking. But when I first, for like the first six months or however much, I know I wasn't smoking. I wasn't inhaling it. I was just doing that thing where you You were pulling the on Bill it. Clinton. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> because he famously said that he didn't inhale when asked about marijuana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just puff on it and then you blow it straight out. Not, I wasn't doing that on purpose. I still hadn't got quite 
quite got the hang of how you were supposed to smoke. And eventually from doing it so much, I just began smoking. Um, And then I smoked like steadily from that age till the age of 16. It's so hard for me to imagine this because you're such, such a different person now. Were you, I know this is kind of tangential, but you saying the thing earlier reminded me of it. Were candy cigarettes still a thing? Yeah. When you... Yeah, that, I, That's weird, isn't it? That you can buy them for a child to play with? Just, it's so transparent. Yeah. Like, it couldn't be more transparent. And yet, for so long, parents would literally buy these for their kids. This is a tangent, but this is what it makes me think of. And I mentioned this to my mom recently. Don't you think it's really weird that for our babies and our children, we buy them dolls and push chairs to play with yes don't you think that's really weird it's like a paradox or a loophole it it doesn't make any sense it's like what makes you think your child wants to play with a baby and then push it around like you're doing that and so you want your child to do that like that's really weird that's kind of hurting my brain now i'm thinking about it it's odd man that's it's like a infinite reversion Yeah, okay. I don't think it was until I was about 13 that I got addicted, if that makes sense. Because it was 11 or 12 when I started smoking, probably surely 12 by the time I was actually really inhaling. And then from like 12 to 13, I smoked when I had the chance to. So that was like, if if I had ever had a, like saved my pocket money to get some or if my friends had some and I smoked some of theirs and then when I got to about 13 and like what I was doing like who I was hanging out with changed I started like I'd have my dinner money and I would spend that on cigarettes um so I'd always like I remember being addicted like I remember the feeling of being a child who has run out of money and cigarettes and her friends aren't around there's no one to get cigarettes from and you can feel that addiction and you don't know what's happening and that's when I would occasionally steal a cigarette from my mom or I mean sometimes she would smoke tobacco so that was even easier because you could just grab a little handful of tobacco and smoke papers it was harder when it was cigarettes because if you take more than one at a time, they're going to notice. So you'd have to take one and then, like, maybe when they open up a new pack, like, take another one or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like... It's crazy. ...being addicted. And then... So then I smoked probably... I remember at one point as well, and I feel like this is relevant too. When I was, like, 15, I was, like spending my dinner in the morning i would go to the shop before school i would get like cigarettes and then all throughout the day up until lunchtime i would sell cigarettes to friends because when you're at school and you haven't haven't got any like at break time and then at lunchtime you would get kids coming up to saying oh have you got one and you'd say no i've only got one left and it's mine or i've only got two left and one's mine and i don't really want to give away my last one they go 50p and I go but I don't really want to give it away a pound I'll give you a pound so by lunchtime I had enough money to buy more cigarettes and buy my dinner um while this was happening my brother told my mom I was smoking um I think under the guise of like 
she's spending her dinner money, so I don't know if she's eating kind of thing. But I was, of course I was. You were making that yeah, goddamn was, cash. I came home with cash. You like, had 400% margins yeah. on these cigarette sales. Exactly. And my mum didn't really have a leg to stand on. She smoked. And I knew she had smoked. She comes from like, you know, I would say like a rough like upbringing. And she smoked from a really young age. And so she did, and she still smoked. And my stepdad smoked. And it was like, you don't have a leg to stand on. At this point, I'm 15, nearly 16. What are you going to do? You know, legal age was 16 then, I think. And, um... So it was just a case of like, you know, you shouldn't smoke, but obviously I can't stop you. I don't ever want to see you smoking kind of thing. And that's kind of how it went. But then when I turned 16, I remember having this really weird thought of like, if I smoke from now until the end of my life, I am going to die from cancer. And so I tried to quit. It didn't work the first time, and it didn't work the second time, <laughs> but it worked the third time. It did, right. This was not over a long period, though. This is over a period of a couple of months, probably. But the third time worked. It was the proverbial charm. Yeah. So I quit at 16. Did and this you... was going from, I mean, yeah, I only smoked five years, but I was smoking like 20 or more cigarettes a day. Damn. That sounds... I don't have any... Yeah. metric by which to compare that with. The, I think that that's most like people who is that, smoke. I, the only thing I ever hear people say is two packs a day or one pack a day. How much is it, 20 cigarettes? 20 is like, well, you can get two different packs, a 10 and a 20. Right. 10 is really nothing. Like, you need, I think most people are smoking 20 or like more. Right. So you if were smoking like a, a pack a smoker, day. Yeah, yeah. So when you, did you just quit cold turkey? Well, the first and second time I tried to quit, I remember keeping, like, a box. I don't know how many were in there. I don't know if it was full or if there was just one left in the cupboard in my bedroom. Emergency thinking, if I need it, it's there. That's how a lot of people, I think, tried to quit things. They, like, have to have it in the house just in case. But the third time, I was just like, no, I've got to do this. And so I didn't have any. But they were always at hand. My mum still smoked at that point. So I could have just... That must have been... Difficult yeah. to be around several people who are still smoking when you're trying to quit. I'm sure at the time I thought it was hard, but, well, that's a lie. I remember thinking it wasn't that hard, but that was probably because I only smoked for five years. Only five and years? When you're a teenager, is that's yeah. crazy. That's the worst time to be smoking. True, but, like, when you have other addictions, like, even then I was addicted to food, I think... I don't know, like, I say to myself that trying to change eating habits or give up certain things is harder than trying to quit smoking. Right. But that's coming from someone who only smoked for five years. My mum quit smoking eventually, but she smoked for, like, 40 years or 35 years or something. And, well, maybe not that long, but, like, 30 years she smoked. And she's been quit for a long time now. Although, and I'm calling you out, mom. If you're listening. Because I know you are. Recently, has I have found out that she's been smoking occasionally. Quote, unquote. And my brother has come to visit us from America because he lives in America now. And he smokes, which is funny because remember when he was always like, you're going to smoke, I'm never going to smoke, blah, blah, blah. They all smoke, fuck you. Like, then he started smoking and he still smokes to this day. Um, 
it's kind of, I think she's smoking more now that he's here because he's the type of person who goes out for a cigarette every 20 minutes. Like, so yeah. That's what I'm going to say about that. I've told her we're going to be having a conversation. You mean laying the smack down? She was the type of smoker who, and she has said this, it's not like I'm saying it like behind her back or whatever. When, because she tried to quit several times as we were growing up and like she was like evil when she tried to quit. Like, she was that like stereotypical like angry at everything i'm gonna like lash out because i need to smoke um so it was hard man so it upsets me that she's smoking but you're gonna read her the right act. i am gonna read her the right act but yeah whenever i talk about smoking to you you're like i can't because you you're a person who thinks it's disgusting yeah i find i mean at this point it's very normal to have this opinion but cigarette smoking is just intensely revolting to me (laughs) cigarette smoke is just it's so viscerally disgusting when you are in public (laughs) and you know that you can smell it and you you know that you're probably breathing in a little bit of it Mm. it just it makes me angry when i'm in like sometimes you just can't help but you'll be walking down the street but when you're in a place like sometimes underground yeah. on the tube on the platform if someone was doing it on the train i would fucking say something do people smoke on the platform yeah, yeah like I'm sure they some, do. sometimes you can you can like you know it's there you can you can yeah. sense it and you can sense sense it. It. <laughs> <laughs> i send out my psychic rays and it determines yeah. the ratio of smoke it like glows to glows a different color yeah it lights up blue <laughs> on my in-game hood I use the Batman detective mode. This yeah. has got so many layers. I know, it does, it does. Yeah, I, I really hate it. I find it just truly repulsive. How mad does it make you when you're walking and someone blows it out in front of you just as you get to them and so it's like... Sometimes I'll just throw that person into traffic. <laughs> like oncoming traffic, I'll just get a good grip of them and just hurl them in front of a truck. Yeah, I and... Like you said, it does. I find it very difficult to square with my conception of you as a person that you did smoke for five years. <laughs> but of course, you are a different person when you're a teenager am, than but... when you're an adult. Yeah. So I, I think about it that way. But when it comes up, I I almost have to reorientate my brain around it. Yeah. Like I forget it. And then you make a reference to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you smoked for like five years. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around that. Not just I was a teenager, but I am an actual different person. Yeah. And as far as I can remember, I really think I would remember because of how much I hate cigarette smoking. I don't think I've ever smoked cigarettes. I mean, it's possible maybe I took a drag on one and I just can't remember it. But I I feel like you would remember. I really, really don't think that I have. But I have to account for the fact that, you know, my memory before 10 is not immaculate. Your mom never smoked? My mom never smoked. My dad smoked for a while. I actually don't know how long he smoked. I'm guessing at least a decade or two. And he quit when I was a teenager. And I remember being super glad when he did. Because it's so easy when someone has a habit like that to mentally... You, you foresee them having it forever. Yeah. It's just a part of who they are. And that depresses you and that saddens you because you don't want that person to face any 
adverse health effects of it later on. I feel bad for saying that I don't remember it being that hard to quit because I know that it is really, yeah, really hard you, for people. You forget just how yeah like when i saw my mom trying to quit, like it took her a long time to give it up like yeah. it was a thing because everything you do becomes wrapped around smoking like you always want to smoke after eating because it's just you know how like they say oh a cigarette after sex that's what it's like after smoking. You get the same kind after of... After eating. After eating, sorry, yeah. You get the same kind of feeling like of like, it's just the perfect time to have a cigarette kind of thing. Um, and so it's not like, you're not going to cut out eating yeah. because you can't have a cigarette That's, you've afterwards. You've got to decouple yeah. the two. Yeah. I, I and can smoking s- and drinking, which yeah. leads into what we're yeah. talking about. I can see how... Once it kind of becomes interwoven mm. in the fabric of your everyday life, once it becomes attached to all these other parts of your routine, it really is like you have to pull everything out, yeah. like lift it up from the foundations, reorientate everything and pull it back down and hope that you can forge ahead yeah. now that this has been removed. I So, yeah, I, I, I think it's in a way it's amazing that people can smoke for 20 years and then quit. Like, yeah once it's that ingrained in you i can only imagine how arduous it must be to try and just cut that out and it's like in some way i had dreams and i only smoked for five years so imagine as you've that. said like five no times i know now. but like i feel like i have to keep saying but it don't because... you feel a little bit that you kind of trying to minimize it because you do feel like you're unhappy that you did that no that's what you want me to think <laughs> I will say this, I (laughs) am not unhappy that I smoked, and I, and I know you hate this, but I will fully admit, you know how people are like, oh, smoking looks cool, like you see James Dean smoking, and like, I think smoking looks cool, like, I also, when I see certain people smoking, think it looks enjoyable, and I remember enjoying it when I smoked, you know? And for a while, like years on and off after I quit smoking, I would kept, because after, like the immediate years after, I was celebrated that I'd quit. I'd be like, one year quit, two year quit. Um, I think everyone does that, no matter how long you, if it's been, I think five years is still significant. It's just insignificant compared to like a 40 year smoking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for years on and off, I would have dreams of smoking again and then being really upset that my time had reset. Oh, like I man. wasn't, like not sober, but You'd I was fallen off the wagon, yeah. as they say. And I'd have that dream. It's like when you have the dream about missing a test at school yeah. and you're not in school anymore. It's, yeah. That anxiety stays with you yeah. and then re-manifests itself. And so, obviously, some people go along the lines of, like, well, I, like, when they say they were an addict or I was a smoker, but I'm still, but I'm not, I still wouldn't really want to be around people smoking because it would make me want to smoke. I'm not like that now. It's been a long time. It's been, you know, more than, like, it's been so long. And, like, because it was only five years, it's easy, it's fine for me to be around. Like, when I was around my brother and my mum the other day smoking, I wasn't thinking, I want to smoke too. I was thinking, I wish you two didn't smoke. Yeah. Um, I get that. for my mum, obviously, because she started smoking again, she obviously had that still. 
I think, yeah, for some people, it's always there in your mind. Mm. Like a tiny, it's somewhere buried deep. There's that tiny instinct of like, ah, oh, I remember how good this was, yeah. how satisfying. And I think you, even if it's been a long time, you there's still a small exertion of willpower and mm. self-discipline to, to steer clear of it. The thing you brought up about thinking the visual of someone smoking is like cool, quote unquote. Mm. I have never gotten that. I know. To me, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't because you see it so often in film and TV. It doesn't. I don't really pick up on it and have a specific active negative reaction. But I've never like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe in like old noir films, yeah, where it's like a darkened detective's office and the guy's there with his fedora and he's smoking. And then the femme fatale comes in and he's like, he blows out like, you know, that bluish smoke. Perfect line of smoke. And he says, how you doing, dame? (laughs) How you doing, dame? That's what they used to call women. Not like to their faces. It'd be like, how you doing, kid? Or like. I think they used to say dame. Not like. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, it may be in that context because it, but only because it kind of completes that cliched yeah, aesthetic yeah, yeah. like it's part it's like of the cowboy smoking yeah like, that. like it's almost grandfathered into that kind of visual style of filmmaking i mean don't get me wrong like i'm saying like oh i see it and i think it looks cool and i understand why it's still used in order to look cool and it looks satisfying even though i do still have that when I'm around smokers, I do have that thing that you have where it's like, this smells disgusting. The smell of someone having just smoked smells disgusting. I don't or, want smoke on me. Yeah. I don't want ash to get on me. Hours later, so yeah. when it's the stale smoke. Yeah. I mean... The smell of an ashtray is so disgusting. Yeah. So... I have that. Like, it's a mix of That's good. That's a good defense against you falling into old habits. Yeah. As much as you think smoking is disgusting, you do have a thing about cigars, though, right? Oh, yeah. To a small extent. I've always... I mean, I would never probably have articulated this way, but I do think cigars look cool. Yeah. But... So how can you not see it, then? Because cigars are different. But they're so close. They're not. How are they not? Because I don't know. that They're just associated <laughs> with different things in my mind. Like Indiana Jones smoking a cigar yeah. is inconceivably cool. I mean, that's just <laughs> undeniable. But, you know, some guy standing at the bus stop smoking a cigar, <laughs> that's just kind of sad and inexplicable. But I will say this, although I've never smoked cigarettes and I never would, I remember when I would go to my my grandfather's house, he in his spare room, which is where he put like all of his assorted bric-a-brac and family photos and stuff. You know what my grandfather's house is like? He also, I remember when I would go there when I was a kid, he had a humidor. What is that? It's a box for storing cigars that keeps them at a certain humidity and temperature i think i don't know i was feeling shit about not knowing what a humidor is but now that i know what a humidor is i'm like yeah why would i know it's not a valuable piece of information 
And I would <laughs> go through it and I would look at the cigars in their like little plastic wrapping and they'd have like the gold foil around them at one point. And I would look at them as objects and I would think that they were cool. Like it was mm. cool to think of my grandpa smoking these like while reading the newspaper or whatever. Because that's such a yeah. old school, like this is what men used to do, quote unquote. Yeah. And I, I'm embarrassed to even say that, but that is... yeah that has kind of been imprinted upon you and so one time i asked if i could have one of them and he let me have one of the smaller ones and i smoked it how old are you i don't know i, I want to teenager s- or yeah i want to say maybe i was like 15 14 mm. or 15 and my mom was super against obviously me smoking cigarettes and always told me you know yeah. what a horrible habit it was which is good but I told her that I wanted to smoke a cigar and she was wise enough to say, okay, you can do it. You I'll, you get this one cigar and you smoke it because I think she knew that but once I got it out yeah. of my system, I wasn't going to. Do you smoke the whole thing? No, I think I smoked like half of it. Because that's like. And I smoked it in the least heavy. cool way as well. I sat next, to, I opened the back door <laughs> to the backyard <laughs> and I just sat on the couch and just blew the smoke out in of the door. In front of one of them? Not in, I wasn't like. A show. Like, I wasn't putting on a performance. Are you supposed to inhale cigars? No, you don't inhale cigar smoke. You just kind of... And this is gross. Don't get me wrong. You just kind of swill it around your mouth. That fucking sounds gross. It has a certain flavor, and you're supposed to just kind of, like, appreciate it. So I smoked it. So you didn't really smoke it, then? Well, you can still get... You're sucking on a cigar. Mouth cancer. Yeah, that's true. So... You know, smoke is not supposed to be inside your body. Whatever. Just BT dubs. But Cigars anyway. are horrible, but I have only had cheap ones you can get from the shop. Yeah. Like. Well, this wasn't like a Cuban cigar. <laughs> it wasn't like super your long. grandpa's got like a box of Cubans. Well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'm sure he's got some cool Some cool secrets, shit, man. Some skeletons in the closet. That he's a secret agent and he got them for oh. a job. Well done. Maybe he's really Indiana Jones. Possibly. Could be. The Irish Indiana Jones. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. And I remember when I smoked it, I knew that you were, there was supposed to be some kind of, like high is not the right word, but smoking is supposed to like have a, an effect on you. Yeah. But I didn't, I never really thought of it in that way i never thought that it would like have an actual effect on you but when i smoked it i felt like the nicotine was kind of like making me feel strange yeah there's a thing when you smoke cigarettes like if you're not a smoker or if you haven't had a cigarette in a while whether that's like a day because you didn't have any or a week or a week or whatever there's something called like a nicotine rush. Right. Like you get like your head kind of feels really like dizzy and you get kind of... Well, uh, um, I don't remember it being unpleasant. But I, mean, I remember it being very subtle, but I, th- I just think I vaguely recall being like very calm and very, you know, present like in the moment. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And the other thing is that a lot of people smoke because they... they like being around my mom recently, a lot, a lot of times she's like something will seem stressful and should go, oh, I need a cigarette now. Yeah. Like, because it apparently, like, calms you, like, it takes the stress away for a sec. So maybe you were feeling like that. Yeah, I I just remembered that 
I ne- I didn't go into it thinking it was going to have like a mind altering effect, yeah, but it, yeah. I really it's not going to make you high. Yeah, but it had like I knew something was going on. Yeah. with my perception, like and how it was making me feel, wow. and I was very surprised by that because I didn't, I'd never really thought of nicotine as like. Of course, it's a drug, but I just didn't think about it in that way. And yeah, so after I got that out of my system, I never had any desire to smoke even cigars again. So again was wise on the part of my mom to let me do that, mm. even though I was, like, 14. Yeah, so in terms of alcohol, yeah. um, I also... I'm just a bad seed, okay? No. Um, well, I, I redeemed you. I civilised you. <laughs> I remember tasting alcohol when I was really young, like, seven or eight or something. You know how, like, your parents might be drinking or whatever. And so, like, you're like, oh, can I taste it or whatever? And they let you have, like, a sip of it. Um, so I remember I knew I'd tasted alcohol before. And then when I was, like, 12 or 13, I was drinking. This was, like, the first time I had, like, drank with friends, really. Um I feel, looking back now, the way she did it, I swear to God, my friend just watched me get drunk and did not drink with me. (laughs) But at the time, I don't think I realised she wasn't drinking any. And I drank, like, almost two litres of cider on my own while I was, like, 13. And I was so drunk. Like, so drunk that... Let me tell you the story. Okay. I was really drunk. We went back. We were doing it in the street like kids did back then. you know, you But I feel like kids don't really do that now. I mean, I'm sure they probably do some places, but it's more common. It was more common then. Everything you did with your friends was outdoors then Um, because I'm like 65. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was before World War II. (laughs) We'd heard about this Hitler guy. So we went back to her house and she had a mom that like – didn't give a shit like she could drink and smoke she was two years older than me so she was like 50 14 or 15 and um <laughs> almost sounded like you said 50 <laughs> she was two years older than me so she was she was 51 and but her mom let her do anything she could drink smoke smoke weed do whatever um <laughs> free base crack cocaine yeah and so we went back to her house and We went upstairs and we went into the bathroom and she was like dunking my head in cold water to try and get me sober. And then I I can remember her doing this. This was a real thing. And then she filled the bath up with cold water and with my clothes on, told me to get in the bath. And because I was so drunk, I just did it. And then I guess, I don't know if that did something to me, but like, I was freaking out at this point because I had to go. It was daytime. I'd got drunk in the daytime. Um, I only lived one street away, but in the end, she told her mom what was going on and they phoned my mom and my mom came to get me. And I remember them carrying me down the stairs. Oh, man. I think my mom had a car at this point, so... Did you say that it was cold water? Yeah. You could have got, like, hypothermia. Yeah, I know. And if she left me, I could have drowned. Left you. I just went to the shop for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. no, No, but Sam. if she went out in the room, yeah. I could have just sunken into That's it. That's true. Um, and then I don't remember anything after being carried down the yeah. stairs. But I obviously ended up at home. My recollection is that I ended up home, went straight to sleep, and woke up the next day. However, and I didn't know this until about five years later, 
when I was like in my 20s, so more than five years, but so when I was in my 20s, that I was actually up, like up and down all night being sick. And that, and I don't know if I should tell, say this. <laughs> it seems like you're going to. You know how like you have like a hamper for like your clothes? Oh God, I see where this is going. I went into my mom's room and I thought the hamper was the toilet and I tried to pee in the hamper, but my mom like got me in time and took me to the toilet. I was 13 and like drunk off my face. Sure. The next, so all. <laughs> it's kind of adorable when you think about yeah. it. Little 13 year old Sammy. But my stepdad was there. So my mom was just like, she like, yeah. He like got under the blanket so he couldn't see me in case I like, you know. Um, but I didn't know this until I was in my 20s. So all through my teenage years, I just thought, yeah, I got really drunk, but then I went home and slept. <laughs> and the next day, I remember just feeling really ill. Yeah. And my mom didn't ground me because she had said that I'd like learned my lesson. No, 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 mommy dearest. No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't that smart, mother. <laughs> no. From then until the age of like 16, I got drunk on the regular. Like, <laughs> What a weird way like, to say that. <laughs> I, I got drunk with my friends. Was the regular the name of a boat? <laughs> we went on the regular. That's we how people say set it. Set sail on the high Isn't sea. Isn't that how the kids the say SS it? The SS regular. On the regs, ma'am. That's how they say it. So yeah, you kept... I mean, it did didn't you, teach me a lesson. No. I just drank more. Did you not? I mean, then when you went to drink specifically cider after that, did you not have that like revulsion? I didn't drink cider after that. Had that been like killed off for you? Yeah, like I would just drink. Like I remember shortly after that, like my choice would be you could get this bottle of wine for 99p. I bet that was yeah. a quality vintage. So I would just get the bottle of wine and drink the bottle of wine. And it, and usually if it was like other people drinking. 99p. Yeah, I know. Thinking about now, it's so dire. Good God. But, and then if my friends had... <laughs> so, so the shopkeeper just poured in grape juice and like <laughs> rubbing alcohol. Oh my God, that makes me think. This was also the time when as a kid... And oldies out there will know this. As a kid, you could hang around outside the shop yeah. and ask a person to buy you alcohol. That still happens. No, but I feel like most people would say no now. Right. You would always get a yes. I mean, the occasional person would say no, but like you would always get a yes. You would never be, you know, left without alcohol. <laughs> what it, a dark what thing a, to say. What a fate worse than death. <laughs> I did that with cigarettes as well. Can you buy my yeah. cigarettes? Can you buy my alcohol? Can you imagine buying cigarettes for children if yeah. they ask? They're just like, can you give me these cancer I sticks, would. mister? And I you're feel like, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I feel like I would. Well, I, I don't know. Why I've, would you? Yeah. Because you it makes me... You just said that me, off the cuff without thinking. I did, yeah. Because I think about me being a child and being so desperate for someone to buy me cigarettes. But actually, the way I feel about smoking now... I wouldn't. If it had been like in my twenties, I would have. But like now, I'm. I wouldn't. And I definitely wouldn't buy alcohol. Because if you think, what if that kid gets drunk and something happens? Like you supplied that alcohol for them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I would drink like cheap bottles of wine, or you know, if I was like depending on which friends I was with, they would just have like cans of beer, and so you just drink cans of beer or whatever. Yes, that was it. And then when I was like 16, I hung, started hanging around with 
different people slash didn't have any friends anymore. And so then I stopped smoking and drinking. And I got to a point where I would sometimes have a drink with my mom at conventions, like in my late teens, early 20s. But I never got drunk. I'd have like a couple of like Smirnoff ices or something. Um, And then since then, I have not drank ever. And I don't drink. It's not that. Yeah, it's that I won't drink. I used to say it's not that I won't drink, it's that I don't drink. Not whatever that means. I understand the distinction. But I mean, if someone was having like a thing and they were like, here's a glass of champagne, I might take a sip. Yeah, well, champagne is like, it's, like a celebratory. it's almost in like a special category. Yeah. But I don't, or I really wanted to take, like, my mum the other day was drinking a, her and my brother were having a drink, and she was drinking this like raspberry lime cider or something. And I hate cider, yes. But I could smell it and it smelled so fruity nice that I, she was like, do you want to taste it? And I was like, no. But I said no in a way that my brain was like, you're not allowed to drink. Because I think that's where my brain has gone to. Yeah. That's not a bad place to be. It's not. But I, but that's also, yeah, that's also because I take medication. I wouldn't want to. But I'm definitely in that category of I don't drink. And I feel like people get shocked. Yeah, they do. Especially... I know we say this a lot, but I feel like in England, mm. I mean, I, I know I have no conception of what it is like <laughs> in the US, but I just feel something in my mind makes me feel like it's more prevalent. We are here. known for being like the binge capital. Yeah, no, of but like Europe. we're a merry society, aren't we? We're like what we a drink. weird way to put it. As you know what if I mean? J.R.R. Tolkien is talking on our podcast. In other countries, we are known for being, like, heavy drinkers. And it's normal Drunken to morons. go to the pub at lunchtime and then go back yeah. to work. Like, that's normal. But it is, I'm just saying, like, I'm associating it with England because I live in England. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. probably like that. Yeah. Elsewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a machine. It's interesting you said that when you stopped hanging around with people it kind of faded off was yeah. cigarette smoking and drinking like so samantha almost just died <laughs> from a coughing fit <clears throat> that i won't leave in the podcast because it will split your <laughs> eardrums you were just about to speak and then it was as if you were being throttled by yeah. a ghost it was like someone came and punched me in the throat it was very weird <laughs> Ghost Bruce Lee. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. So, yeah, I was just saying, was it always a social thing? No, because drinking. Or both? Smoking, no. Because when I was at home, when I got addicted at like 13 or whatever, I would smoke at home. Like, it wouldn't be that like I just stopped smoking when I went home from being with my friends. I would have cigarettes on me at home and I would either hang out my window and smoke or what I actually preferred to do was I'd go in the bathroom, pretend I was like in the shower or something and um, smoke in there because my mum smoked. It's not like she could smell it on me. Yeah. The house smelled of smoke. Like It's funny that you still had to hide it though. Yeah, because I didn't have a lock on my bedroom. And even though my mum did usually knock, she would knock and then come in. So I would never have had any time. And obviously once she found out, I didn't have to hide it. I still, I smoked in my yeah. room because she knew. 
but I would make sure she didn't come in and I'd be smoking because yeah. she'd said, look, not to see she it. She would scold you. Yeah. But drinking, no, I never drank on my own. I think if you drink on your own, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, no, the drinking was definitely social. Also, back then I was shyer and, like, my confidence wasn't as high and being drunk made me silly and like flirty and oh good no i know but like <laughs> the perfect combination <clears throat> well less capable of defending yourself and more sexually yeah, forward that's what it was trying what could go wrong that's what i was trying to achieve sure um <clears throat> but yeah yeah i again can't echo your path we went we went down we did, yeah. very we... different roads in life i i can't remember very well but i feel i remember i probably got tipsy a couple of times when i was a teenager but like you said it was usually on things like smirnoff ice Alka pops yeah and it was usually just one or two and you'd get like a little bit tipsy mm. but i'd always hear like in my school the big thing was like the cool kids would go to this park that was in my city mm. that was huge. And it was like, part of it was just straight up forest. So you yeah. could just go and get lost. And you, you'd you always hear that they would go and get like blackout drunk and have yes. these like crazy, like quote unquote parties. That's something I never did. After that first time drinking that cider, getting drunk and obviously blacking out and not remembering that I was sick all night. After that, I never blacked out and I never vomited yeah. I don't know if I learned where my limit was or I'm someone who's terrified of vomiting. So if I know there's a chance I'm going to vomit, my body does work <laughs> to try and stop that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I basically just got tipsy a few times and I don't remember how I felt about it. I probably felt like it was like whatever, just fine. But then one time and again... I know I say this all the time, but I'm just so bad at remembering things happen. You know, when you talk to someone and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember when I got my first car. It was like, it was 1994. It, I you think were saying it was like this to me earlier about dates. It blows my mind that some people have that, like, they can just, like, laser focus in on the specific date that things happen. Whereas I've only lived for 24 years. And yeah. I've only really been, like, properly cognizant of what's going on for, like, you know, 17 and i i still can't be like oh yeah that happened in like 2004 like my mind just doesn't work that way you know i think it partly might be what like that <clears throat> you lived in the same house for most i know you lived in a different house for a little bit when i was when i was really young and so you probably can't remember that anyway yeah so you lived in the same house like your whole life right there was not really even any kind of like Big monumental events. big events yeah. and you were also at the same school like you went yeah. from like junior school to senior school but you only went to one you went to one junior yeah. school and one senior school so there aren't your brain doesn't have these other things to latch onto to remember like i think partly why i can remember things is because <clears throat> you also had the same friends yeah i am like I know this happened because I was friends with such and such and I lived in a certain area and I went to a certain school and that's how I can narrow down the ages. That's the only reason. Right. How, whereas you don't have that. So your time has melded together. Yeah. But I understand the point you're making. and it, it is valid to have that like 
incremental differentiation. But at the same time, that doesn't explain why I haven't been able to like anchor certain years to certain things. Like I can't say this happened in 2004. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I'm not saying it's like definitely that. Yeah. Like I think that... Having it, it helps yeah. or not having it. But I am, I, like I said, I am in awe when people can just instantly recall, like, yeah, that was March 1997 yeah. that happened. It just, it, it's so bizarre to me. It's, I mean, it's a strange and kind of useless power to have, unless you're writing a memoir, yeah. in which case it probably... Well, I'm kind of doing that right now. Yeah. Sort of. I'm not writing a memoir, but it is kind of part memoir. Semi-autobiographical. Yeah. I can remember, like the days to some things but then oh, wow. some things like i remember the day i got my period <laughs> sure it was the summer holidays between junior school and senior school i just started watching dawson's creek i was 11 and it was a wednesday okay i don't remember i can't say it was august the 27th yeah. but i can say it was wednesday in august right um <clears throat> but yeah <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this, to be honest. I was also in the middle of telling a story. Um, also, sometimes your brain does a trick on you. You think you've got a memory and a story down, and then you think, and then that came, such and such came after it. But then you remember something else, and you're like, how the hell do they fit together? Yeah. I must be remembering the second thing wrong, because the third thing definitely happened in that space. So your brain has done something different. And that's what sucks about memory. Yeah, sometimes the other day I was thinking, like my earliest memories, I can no longer picture, like visually picture them in my head. Mm. It's just somewhere in the filing cabinets of my mind, there's a entry that reads, when you were around six or seven, in, you know, this thing happened, you fell off your bike. Mm. And that's that's what it is. It's just the sentence you fell off your bike. Yeah. So when I get to seventy or whatever, and I look back, it's not really a memory. Yeah. It's just like there's something you know that the happened. marker of a memory, mm. and maybe that marker has changed over the years. Maybe at some point, uh, for some reason, I misremember it as I was pushed off my bike, <laughs> and then the entry becomes you were pushed off your bike. And because I don't have access to the real memory to validate it, from then on, I'm always just going to remember. Oh, yeah, I think I was pushed off my bike when I was, like, seven. I think I was pushed off a slide. <laughs> you had a tragic upbringing. It wasn't tragic. Don't say that. You know, I... There were lots of dark things. There were ups and downs. In it, but it was all right. It wasn't like... <laughs> I don't think I had a bad... Actually... Now that you mentioned it. Sometimes I say, okay, I don't think I had a bad childhood because essentially my mom loved me and she made sure I was taken care of. So therefore it wasn't shit because I had my mom. But at the same time, there were a lot of shit things happening. Yeah, I understand. There were a lot of shit things happening at home and there were a lot of shit things happening at school. Therefore everything was shit. Yeah. So in a way I did have a shit time and I'm trying not to minimize things now because I think as you realise, as you get older, that things have affected you in a greater way than you realised. And part of that is my childhood. So, yeah, go on. <laughs> go on with your trivial These stories, lives Ryan. and times of Samantha Jones. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good HBO show. Mm. Who's going to play me? Kim Cattrall. 
No. That's a... I, I want to take full credit for that two-layered Who's reference. Who's going to know? Everyone knows that Kim Cattrall played Samantha Jones on Sex and the City. Everyone. Everyone knows. Yeah. So, the point... Yeah, the story I was going to tell was... So, I'd only ever really been tipsy. And it was always in social situations. Like, you go to this, like, thing and... They're letting the teenagers have like one or two spun off mm. ices. I like how your story is adults are letting the kids drink, and mine is like I'm in an alley <laughs> drinking cider. Well, it then flips because so that's all I'd really experienced. But then when I was like 15, 14 or 15, I want to say, but again, <clears throat> take this with a heaping helping of salt because I'm not very good at pinpointing it. I was at home alone one night. Like my mom had gone well. out. Yeah, <laughs> never, <laughs> never leave your teenagers alone. We only get up to mischief and idiocy. And I kind of had it in my head that I, because you hit like alcohol and drunkenness is such a part of society, and especially at school, you hear about people talking about it and just like, you know, on TV and films and whatnot. I wanted to know what it was like to be drunk. And it wasn't even that I was excited to mm. drink. It's just I wanted to tick that check box. And yeah. I wanted to be able to say, like, I, I, I know that, like, I know what this is like. So when people talk about it, I could kind of understand. Like, it was, it really was in my mind, str- like, that strangely dispassionate. I just wanted to have that experience. Mm. And so I basically just drank. What did you drink? I forget exactly what it was, but it was, I think it was whiskey. It was, well, it was a bunch of different things. It was like vodka and orange juice. I drank that because it tasted like orange juice. Yeah, because vodka's horrible. But then I wanted to just try the bottles of liquor that we had to see what they were like. And I remember, I forget whether it was whiskey or, yeah, I want to say it was whiskey. Was it brown? I can't, I'm not going to remember yeah. this, but I remember drinking it and thinking it had the most indescribable taste that I'd ever encountered. Like I had no way to articulate what this taste is like. It was so strange and it was so inexplicable that I almost kept drinking it just because I was so... Fascinated yeah, by the taste. Yeah, I was so bewildered by how this tasted it that I just kept drinking you, it. like the vodka? I remember it tasted, you know, it wasn't good. It was hard to like get it was down. was bad on your throat. Yeah. Yeah. But I just kept drinking it because it it was so unusual. And I was kind of marveling at it as this new taste. And How then much do you think you drank? I drank a lot. Like, a lot. What? Ha- what? Tell me about the progression. Like, at what point did you feel drunk? I don't, I don't remember things that granular. I just remember that after I started to drink the whiskey... I became very, very drunk very, very quickly. Did you do anything? And I just anything? kept drinking. You just sat there Because and I drank. didn't know. To me, I didn't know what the boundaries were. Mm. Like, I didn't know when you were, like, ultra drunk and that was the point when you needed to stop. To me, I was groping in the darkness and I was trying to figure out, like, how this worked. So I just kept going and going. Yeah. Did you keep drinking because you liked being drunk or... No, I was just curious about yeah. where it was going to lead. <clears throat> and so I honestly don't remember how much I drank. <coughs> but it was an incredible amount for a 15-year-old who had never been drunk before and had never yeah. really drank... Liquor as well. Real alcohol. 
And so by the time my mom came home, <laughs> I mean, I, I was just, I barely could walk or talk. Jesus. And I was so afraid that she was going to find Aww. out that she, I went and like lay down in bed and she came and like spoke to me. And she kind of said, like, have you, have you been drinking? And I was, I, you know, it's strange to look back at now, but I was so like focused on not letting her know that I'd done this bad thing that I think I just said I was sick or that I wasn't feeling well. Of course, she would have been able to just yeah. look at me and know that she I was smell it. incredibly drunk. And at that point I have, from then on until the morning. That's like me. I have, I was truly blackout drunk in that I, wow. I had... Even the next morning, it's not just retroactive, like 10 years later. The next morning, from that point, I had absolutely no wow. memory. It was just a blank abyss. And <coughs> basically, this is some dark shit. <laughs> I was, from that point on, I was vomiting, even though I was unconscious. And if someone hadn't been there, I almost certainly would have died. Like, how? what do you mean you were unconscious? Like, I was... Because you aren't, don't remember it? They, this is what I was told. Oh. That I was, like, actually... Asleep. Yeah, vomiting. like, I was out cold. That's how people die. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Believe me. What did me. your mom do? She just sat with you and made like, sure... cleared the vomit out of my airways, I imagine. Fucking hell. Yeah, this is an intense story, I know. And, yeah, I, I don't often let myself think about it in those terms, but I do based on what I know about how it went down, if I had been alone that night, I probably would have died. Like, I just... This is horrible. Yeah. And the next morning... The funny thing is, this is going to sound unbelievable. The next morning, I had... And for the next day, I had almost no hangover. Wow. I'd slept for, like, a really long time, like Not 18 hours. gets hangovers. And I remember thinking when I woke up, like, I am going to be fucked. And I just didn't really have a hangover. And my mom came and like, I was expecting, again, I was expecting her to be mad. Like, I thought my mom was going to be mad. But she well. was like speaking to me like softly and just like Aww. telling me what had happened. And yeah. The funny thing is that isn't a traumatic memory for me because I can't remember what remember happened. It, yeah. But when I think about it, it's, it's almost like it happened to someone else. Mm. And in a strange way, and I know you in particular always jump out of your skin when people say this about bad stuff that happened to them, but I am strangely grateful it happened because... What do you mean it makes me jump out of my skin? You know when someone would be like <clears throat> on a show we're watching and they're like, and then my grandma died and like, well, that's a bad... That's, that's a, a bad... That's a bad choice. But they'll say like, I got into a car accident and I had to go through physical therapy, but it was actually like the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I hate because it. Because it showed me my inner strength. <clears throat> when they say like, they they wouldn't take it, they wouldn't make it not yeah. happen if they could, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you could take the bad thing that happened to you back, you would. Yeah. And don't say that you wouldn't because you would. That's what annoys me. But it's about reframing it in a way where you can fit it into your conception of what happened to you in your life and yeah. live with it and like maybe make something positive and constructive out of it. And I, as I was going to say, I kind of in a way understand that because appropriately enough, after that happened to me, 
I never wanted to drink alcohol again. Even though you didn't remember, that's yeah. weird. Because it was... I, I don't <clears throat> think I processed it for a few years in terms of thinking about it. Like, I probably would have died. Mm. But when, when I started thinking about that, since that day, and I'm guessing until my deathbed, I will have no desire to drink alcohol. Yeah. Like, zero. <clears throat> like, it, it is... I mean, it's inconceivable to me that I could... You know how people are always like, you know, beer doesn't taste that good at first, but you have to keep drinking it and you have yeah, to kind of... It's so like an acquired weird. taste. To me, I'm like, first of all, just separate from me, why would you want to acquire the taste of something that's bad for you? Yeah. Second of all, I know that I'm never even going to try it. So it's not even applicable to me. But yeah, and so in a way, I am strangely glad that it meant that I would... It became easy for me to swear off alcohol forever. Yeah. And that's good because <clears throat> otherwise you can just get caught up in that loop of when I go out in social situations, I do just casually drink. And then you realize that you're getting drunk like several times a week and whatnot. I, you hear people's stories and you can kind of see how easy it is to fall into that. But I know that that's not going to happen to yeah. me. It's always weird. People's responses to when you say you don't drink is always so weird. Yeah. It's like, you don't like at all. Why? Why not? It's like, well, I, d I just don't. Like, it doesn't, I don't. Because when they say, oh, you're no fun or whatever, it's like, no, I don't <laughs> need to drink to have fun. I have plenty yeah. of fun. Like You rip you, off your shirt and there's nipple tassels. <laughs> you might think it's, like, dull and boring if there's not drink involved, but I do not. Like... Yeah, I think what it comes down to a, a lot of the times for some people is the way they are able to act when they are drunk is twofold. One, for some people, they don't have consequences because, oh, they were drunk. And two, which I think is more important and a bigger, larger reason, is that it gives people confidence, yeah. essentially, and it's more layered than that. But It lowers your <clears throat> inhibitions across the board. Yeah, and lots of people don't like themselves. Lots of people don't have the confidence to do this, that, or the other. And so it gives you the confidence and the free will to, like, just do whatever you want. And that's really what it comes down to. Because I'm personally not going to act any different like if i'm with fun people and we're doing something that's fun i am gonna like do all the same things that i would as if i were drunk except i'm not gonna be sloppy and i'm not gonna vomit and i'm not gonna black out like those are the only things that aren't gonna happen but for some people it's not like that they are going to be completely different when they drink and they prefer <clears throat> the drunk version yeah. of themselves you know when people talk about like Oh, Johnny, like, he's the life of the party when he's, yeah. like, drunk. Like, he's so... F I love when this guy drinks because yeah. it's so fun to be around him. That's... Sad. That's a, a dangerous sinkhole to let yourself be grabbed by. Mm. Because once you <clears throat> become that persona to people, and that's why they value you, you are now basically chained to drinking if you want to continue to get that, like, social praise. Mm. I believe everything I've just said, but at the same time, I just had a thought. I like to get high. Yeah. <laughs> I like what it does to me. Right. 
as in I can't really explain what it does to me. It just makes it just takes away like my anxiety. So I guess if someone said to me, I drink because it takes away my anxiety, can I then say something to them about that? Well, it it is different in that you, a lot of people do drink because of that, but they get drunk several times a week, whereas you get high like... Once a year. Yeah, <laughs> once or twice a year. And it's but an also, event. But some people, it's so normalized that... It is what they do, yeah. like in a very real sense. That has become yeah. a real part of who they are. I guess what you've also got to think is smoking weed doesn't make you black out. Yeah, like that's true. Drinking can make you black out and do things that you don't remember. It can also make you think do things that you wouldn't normally do, but I don't think weed does that. Well, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, we've talked about this a bunch of times. I really, really don't like being around drunk people. Me either. It makes me, on the one hand, <clears throat> uneasy because there are some people that when they get drunk, they do crazy stuff. That's what I mean. It's like it gives people permission to do things and not have consequences because, oh, they're drunk. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It's like a preemptive excuse. Like, yeah. I'm going to do this thing that would otherwise be unacceptable but i know i can get away with it because oh he's just drunk and yet so on the one hand i do have that sense of uneasiness because sometimes drunk people they get violent yeah. or they just some people just get angry when they're yeah drunk. some or they just act super obnoxious like they want to involve themselves in whatever you're doing or they want to inflict their presence upon you in some way like just that is a weird thing about drunkenness. I feel like something like smoking marijuana, it m more often seems to make you look inside yourself and be introspective and want to be kind of like low key and like yeah. just with your friends. Whereas a lot of drunken people seem to just want to like either specifically lash out at people who are just like passing by or they want to like go over and talk to them or like they yeah. just they. It makes them so extroverted and so fearless and so domineering. And obnoxious. Yeah, that they really do just inflict themselves on people. <clears throat> it makes people forceful. Yeah. Which is a bad fucking combination, yeah. man. So on the one hand, it yeah. And then on the other hand, because drunken people can be so unpredictable, especially when it comes to violence, it's hard not to be like a little bit on edge yeah. and like a little bit fearful of what is this person going to do? Because you know that there is a type of person out there who just gets super, super drunk and gets into fights and brawls on the street. And it doesn't matter why. And it doesn't matter if there's even a provocation. They just want to say like, are you looking at me funny? And then you're in yeah. a fist fight with this guy, even though you didn't want to be. And so, yeah, I just don't like it. Something I think as well that isn't talked about more, drink, drinking can kill you yeah. in more ways than one. Like, you know, drinking once a week for every week of your life or drinking twice a week or drinking four nights of the week for every day of your life, that is going to do something to you. Of course. Um, weed isn't going to kill you. Yeah. Like, especially if you're like just smoking weed. Yeah. You're not mixing it with cigarettes. Well, especially if you're vaping, mm. so there's no smoke. 
or you're eating edibles. Yeah. There's no the smoke is the is in a lot of ways the real mm. it's at the heart of the matter of why this is harmful. I mean there are other reasons why marijuana can be harmful, but they're not like if you drink alcohol, there's no way you can't vape alcohol. Yeah. You are drinking this thing that is gonna fuck up your liver eventually. Yeah. And with cigarette smoke, even though you can vape, so many people to them, that's not what cigarette smoking is. Like, it is the cigarette. But didn't I read that, like, vaping is still got the harmful chemicals in? I don't... I've never looked into that in terms of... Smoking. In terms of... Cigarettes. Tobacco and nicotine. So I'm pretty sure it has. I mean, it's not... I'm guessing it's less harmful. Yeah. But what does that really mean? When, when, you're, you, when you're smoking. Yeah. Because I feel like having the access of that, like, vape thing... Me actually might mean you smoke more possibly because yeah. you haven't got to light it you haven't got to go outside or some places you have but like i'm sure a lot of people who didn't want to smoke in their homes now vape in their homes because it's course. seen as like different um yeah and it's more discreet you can quickly vape and no one's gonna know like yeah I, it's really crazy to me when i think about it when you look at, say, something like a nightclub, hmm. people go there to get drunk. Yeah. So you have this place full of drunk people. One of the things that happens when you get drunk is you become, in a sense, very vulnerable because you're less aware of what's going on around you. You're less capable of, like, exerting yourself you become physically. Yeah. You become able to be taken advantage of or, you know, even in the extreme attacked. And then on the other hand, some people get drunk and become very violent for no reason. And you're putting the two types of people in the same place for hours on end. It's almost like you're just waving, wafting a spark next to a powder keg and just saying, well, this is fun for the moment. I wonder if anything bad's going to happen. Like, it's crazy when you think about it. You know, I understand as well. All these places selling alcohol. And being like, yeah, happy hour, get two for whatever. And then as soon as someone gets a little bit too drunk, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're not serving you anymore, we're kicking you out. He's like, what did you think was going to happen? If you're open from this time to that time, and you can stay as long as you want, like, what do you think is going to happen? It's really strange. I'm just... The reason why this all this topic came about because I saw that thing is I'm just so glad that as a society we are moving away from cigarettes and alcohol. I mean, we might not be here. It was statistics yeah. are only America. But I, I'm pretty sure those that tr- that overall trend over the course of decades yeah. will be mirrored in most Western countries. Hopefully. And like, there's always going to be people who smoke, and there's always going to be people who. You know, casual drinking is almost like it's so low level, but there's always going to be people who like binge drink and Mm. are like quickly destroying their bodies with it. Like they really abuse alcohol, but it's good that we are moving away from it as a society in general. Remember like in like the year two, like the 2000s, like before 2010, binge drinking was yeah. like i feel like it was talked you always about saw so like tabloid much. headlines about it yeah. not that it, people aren't binge drinking now but they are but i'm just saying there was a time when it was talked about so much i in a way i almost don't i mean i do understand 
but it really perplexes me how cigarette smoking in particular like how it keeps perpetuating itself generation by generation is it really just that thing you said where kids see it as something that's cool and a way to be rebellious like is that i don't know about the rebellious thing but for me yeah i thought it i i all i I can't say seeing my mom and dad smoke made me smoke but at the same time I obviously thought it looked cool because when I would play, I would use like pencils and stuff and like suck on pencils and pretend I was smoking. And then, no comment. And then, obviously, when I got to an age where I was like on my own, like you don't really kind of be on your own until you're in senior school, like 11 and 12. And my friends were smoking. And so you just decide to try it. And if it's not vile to you, you just do it. And then, that was me I just did it because other people were doing it and then eventually I just actually got addicted so that was like on me then you know um but outside of that if your friend group hasn't normalized it for you psychologically because you constantly see them smoking I really don't understand how you would like I said with the choosing to acclimatize yourself to an acquired taste of something that is harmful to you i don't understand how you would say to yourself one day i'm going to try cigarettes yeah and i'm going to force myself to keep smoking them until i like them i really don't understand the psychology of doing that like it doesn't make any sense to me i think it's mostly probably then that who you're seeing do it whether it's your family or the people that you're with and then, like I said, eventually you are just going to get addicted because it's an addictive substance. Same with drinking. Like, at first you might be doing it because your friends are getting drunk, but actually eventually you start to like the way it feels because if you're giving your body it on a regular basis, it's only going to go one of two ways. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting that alcohol and smoking became, like, for the last, whatever, 200 years they have been the central pillar drugs of society. And it's just so interesting that it was those. Mm. Like, could it have been marijuana instead of cigarettes if, like, just a couple of key historical events had gone a different way? Is there there something specifically about tobacco and alcohol that makes them perfect to kind of seep into, like, every part of society and become incredibly mainstream and incredibly popular yeah it's very strange that it wasn't marijuana instead of cigarettes just purely from a health standpoint like a cigarettes are going to make you sick eventually probably they also even if they don't give you any kind of long term you know some some people smoke all their life and don't get cancer but you're going to get, like, coughs. It does make you have, like, more coughs and stuff. A sore throat, a raspy voice, going to make you smell. Like, But, like, smoking marijuana, usually you're going to benefit from it. You're going to be more relaxed. Well, not everyone is more relaxed. Like, some people do just get paranoid and yeah. agitated from it. But, like, it gives you benefits in other ways that you didn't don't even know about. It can ease pain. It can help with migraines. Like, I don't know. It's just... When you compare it, like, say alcohol, like like you talked about the sloppy drunk, like the only thing alcohol is doing for them is making them less coordinated 
in their body, making them more likely to do something stupid because their brain is fuddled and they feel more falsely confident. And then you compare it to mar- something like marijuana. We sound like this is like yeah. part 420 <clears throat> podcast. Yeah. Marijuana advocacy straight to your ears. But you compare it to something like weed and it's a bunch of people sitting on a couch being giggly, being smiley, enjoying food more, enjoying yeah. music more, enjoying sex more, finding that silly comedy film like to be the best thing in the world for a couple of hours. And it can make you more creative. It can help you expand your mind and think about things in a different way. It can help you connect with people. Like we, anyone who has smoked pot with other people present know that there's almost like that sense of connection where mm. you you make jokes and the fact that the other person gets it and is laughing with you, you are both on that same wavelength. is almost like a quasi-spiritual connection. Yeah. You feel like so like attuned to that person and you compare the two different things and it's just it's just tragic Mm. that alcohol became the dominant force well i mean there are people where weed it just doesn't go with yeah of course no, no doubt just like if you drink enough if you're like depressed or trying to kind of get away from some kind of pain not physical pain mental pain if you drink enough, it's going to dull that. And that's obviously why some people do it. But like in my experience, it didn't help with that. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't someone who drank enough to, to for that to happen though, I guess. Um, and I'm sure it works for that. And obviously it's the cheapest. Yeah, that's the other thing. thing. It's incredibly cheap yeah. to get. If you just don't care. You're, you're just, just looking it, like to get drunk. Like the 99p wine. Yeah. And cider is usually a pound and that gets you so drunk. You know when you see like the supermarket own brand vodka? Yeah. And it's in that like white label and you just, know anyone buying that, no one is buying that for a social gathering. You are buying that because you're an alcoholic and you need that day's fix. No, that's not true. My, or you're a kid, I guess. Yeah. And you want to hang out with your cool yeah. drunk friends. My brother likes rum. And he drinks and smokes and he drinks when his friends come over. Well, he drinks other times as well, but he drinks when his friends come over. And so he bought alcohol with him from America because it's cheaper. Like he's got these massive bottles that are like two foot tall and really wide. Like I'm trying to think. And he brought this from like in a suitcase? suitcases, two big bottles and they were $9 each. Wouldn't it break? No, he must have just like wrapped them up and stuff. Okay. And then he said they were $9 each. That here would cost like £40 or something right. more. Like, yeah, you ain't getting <laughs> shit for £9. You, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember when Steph came over and we saw that perfume, that Victoria Secret, Victoria Secret perfume, and she was like amazed at how cheap it was? Yeah, she was also fascinated by that the, it was sold in strange places. Um, yeah, the price difference on some things was very strange. I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we should wrap up at this point. I feel like this is only the first part of this type of conversation yeah. because we there's so m- much more like there's like you know I can't get my words out. <laughs> there's there's just like there's a nuance yeah. to things you of know course. like 
the reasons why people do it is much more complicated than our 20 minute conversation about it. Yeah. We touched obviously slightly on that, like people do it to get away from stuff. Um, but we were mostly talking about the social aspect of it, not the, you know, more tragic part of yeah. it. Yeah. God, I just, it's weird to have like, you walk down like the alcohol aisle of a supermarket and to me i'm i'm walking down this whole section of like food and drink or whatever you want to call it where it's all like i hate the taste of alcohol so this whole like part you, you see what i'm saying like it's it's completely separate to me like it's complete there's no allure whatsoever yeah we were looking at those <coughs> On the end of the aisle, there were, like, all these fancy bottles, like, the really, like, like intricate details or, like, pretty details or, like, wow, this is a, this is a Oh, the miniature bottle. bottles? Not just that, but, like, the, the some came in cases or, like, weird-shaped bottles or, and it was kind of, like, I don't know, like, it was interesting yeah. to see, I guess. But, yeah, apart <laughs> from that, I'm, like, Do you yeah. remember... I went to our local shop and they had like a big cardboard point of sale display for Bud Light. Mm. And it was, and the slogan was something along the lines of, it's the beer you've always heard about now in the UK. And I just yeah. went past it and f- thought to myself, do British people even know what Bud Light is? And would they possibly care the fact that it's now been transported across the Atlantic? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, because Budweiser is a big thing here. Yeah, but Bud Light is like a specific, like I it's think, almost its own brand. I think they do because just because of how much American stuff we see here. That's true. It That's is like almost the only way. It's like quintessentially American in a yeah. sense. What are we talking? Okay. Yeah, what are we doing? Let's wrap this up. I'm hungry. Put it together, woman. I need to pee like a pregnant lady. You know, like when they need to pee like every 15 minutes. You have had several things to drink. I thought you were going to say you have. (laughs) (laughs) You are with child. Several specimens. It's an immaculate conception. What? Shut the fuck (laughs) up. I'm going to get you. I don't want to be gotten. Are you confused by this piece of paper? I am confused by this piece of paper. As if it's written in cuneiform. You say words. (laughs) (laughs) And what do they mean? (laughs) Okay. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Sound a little bit more enthusiastic if you could. you know, I'm reading from a script. We hope you enjoyed this episode, listeners. Please share it with anyone else you think may like us. I hope you like us. Do you, Do you like, like us? us? <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. New episodes are released about three weeks after the last one. It says two weeks on here, but, well, we all know that's a lie. Um, <laughs> they you... come out when they come out, and you'll be grateful, <laughs> listeners. Pay us now. Um, new episode. <laughs> oh, I already said that. You can find the podcast on iTunes and pretty much all other podcast services. Or you can go to artatpodcast.com. That's A R T A T podcast.com, which redirects to our SoundCloud page. 
And you can send any feedback or comments you may have, or if you just want to chat with us, to artatpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe if you have time on iTunes, because that really helps podcasts like ours. And if you want to, again, talk to us or follow us on social media, we are artatpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, Insta, 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 Insta. Or as the kids call it, the gram. The gram. No, they call it Insta. Or do they call it Stagra, which is the middle of the world. You're still here. Scrap. Scam. Get out of here. (laughs) It's just a a bunch of stray cats in front of the microphone waiting to hear the outro. I hissed at you. You did. I get hissed at by cats for no reason sometimes. Well. Not naming names. Ralph. Yeah. She did hiss at you. She she thought you were coming to take her away. She didn't like my masculine energy. (laughs) <laughs> she doesn't like boys, actually. That's true. She was used to living in a household of females. Yeah. And then I intruded. She was hissing at you so you didn't take her away. Is it very likely that I'm going to take her away? That's what she thought was going to happen. She didn't think anything because she's a cat. She di- Cats have feelings and thoughts. And on that bombshell, <laughs> thanks again for listening to this episode of the podcast. The music used during the intro and outro was kindly provided by Christopher from soundslikeanairfall.com. From soundslikeanairfall.com. And our podcast art was created by the talented Jake Contu, whose work you can find whose work you can find at Jake K O N T O U dot artstation dot com. See you next episode. That was adorable. You want me to say it again? Okay. Uh-huh, Kitty, that was adorable. You gotta keep that. You gotta keep that. Say it all in one time. Okay. Straight after it. Uh-huh, Kitty, that was adorable. You gotta keep that.